Leonora. Hi, Ashley. We just finished watching Pacific Rim. Yes, we did. We did. We did. Um, this is a delightful movie. Yes, it is. It's just really, it just pumps you up. It's fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> is it his most fun movie? Probably. Because it's just good time action movie. Yes. I think it is his most crowd-pleasing film mm-hmm. so far. I think maybe, maybe the Hellboy films are mm. a little more fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, as a matter of personal taste. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like consistent tone. Yeah. Right. Like this has some moments of like sad things, but it's always yeah. like we're being heroes. It's all in the service of the crowd pleasery tone. Right. It's noble sacrifices for the greater good to be a big hero yes. and go out in a in a blaze of glory. Yeah. It has like like you say it's trying to pump you up. Mhm. It's I mean that but it but it here a billion times. A yeah. A billion times. It's <laughs> I was kind of thinking about the Pan's Labyrinth lullaby. Yes. And how many times you hear that. Yep. It's a similar kind of thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very similar. But yeah, this is a this is just a good time movie. Yeah. For getting hype. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So I believe that I when I saw this, I saw it in the theater. Okay. Because it was a summer movie. It was quite a big summer movie in <laughs> big, 2013. Yes. Um, and so I was. Gosh, I. This was the year that I graduated from college. I would have just graduated from high school. Yeah. Uh, now, I did graduate in December. Oh, so I was still so, finishing my yeah. senior year. But we were back in town for the summer. Right. And Will and I saw it for our dating anniversary Aww. of some years. I don't... <laughs> 2013. That would have been some years uh, <laughs> but we saw it in the cinetopia oh, on mill nice. plane that would have been fun yeah well we had to see it kind of early in the day because he had work oh yeah and i was those. hungry and i was i i remember this very clearly because since he <laughs> did have work he like couldn't hang out and so i ate at the cinetopia restaurant alone and when I say alone, I mean entirely you were the only alone. Person in the restaurant. I was the only person in there. <laughs> it was me and like one employee. <laughs> At the beginning, like in the in the morning. It was like Yeah, like early afternoon. <laughs> That's pretty fun. No one was in there. That's pretty fun. Yeah, it was really weird. R.I.P. Cinetopia. Yeah, I miss it. That was great. And now we can't go to movie theaters. Just yeah. At all. I mean, yeah. people are, but I'm not. No. God, why, no. Why would you? <sighs> so, yes. there is an elephant in the room regarding this movie. Is there? Well, it's the name of the main Jaeger. Oh, yeah. I was wondering how we were going to deal with I that. I want to just address it up front. I feel yeah. shitty, but... We can't go this whole movie without, without saying, saying the name it. Gypsy Danger. Yeah. So I want to say right now that I acknowledge that this is uh, an offensive term. Yeah. And I wouldn't normally use it. I do not use it in its colloquial usage. In life. In life. I don't ever use it. 
Um, it's just hard to not use it in the describing of this film. Yes. Unfortunately. And it should be noted. They did spell it different. Well, because it is actually named after the de Havilland Gypsy aircraft engine, oh, which was an important gotcha. aircraft engine during World War II. So it's it's not it's meant to be and and you'll see Gypsy Danger is like modeled kind of after, after an aircraft. The aircraft, yeah. So okay. that's what that reference is, and it's unfortunate that that yeah. did that name is what that piece of machinery has. Yeah. Um, apparently, though, and I I would need to find the source to um, be fully comfortable with the veracity of this, but I was told that. This, um, that it was actually in an earlier draft of the script worse because they would refer to the two pilots of oh. Gypsy Danger as Roma 1 and Roma 2. Oh, that's weird. That's yeah. super weird. And that was, and it's very good that they changed that yeah. because in that, if you do that, then you're saying we are talking about the yeah. slur, not the aircraft engine. Whereas at least now they have like some strange form of plausible deniability. Or, or at like least just separation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I mean, obviously the engine, the name of the engine has connotations just on its own. So right. It's just like filtering it through another level. But. But that is what is being referenced here. That's what we're stuck with. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I just thought we'd clear the air about that up front. Yes. That seems like a good thing to do. Yes. Um, was there anything you wanted to discuss? In terms of preamble? Yes. I think it's interesting that there was such a big gap between the last film we covered and this film in oh, his right. filmography. How many years was it? This is between 2008 and 2013. So okay. a good five years. So before I graduated high school and my senior year of college. Exactly. Yeah. This is a pretty solid chunk of it's time. Sizable. It's a pretty solid chunk of time. Um, yeah. Well, I, apparently, um, they went through 15 drafts of the script. That's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah, I was, like, briefly looking up the guy who has, like, a story credit. Well, yeah. A co-writing so, credit. Yeah, co-writing credit. Travis Beecham. Yeah. Yeah. Who's mostly... Other than this, known for Carnival Row of all things. <laughs> right, which is weird. I like Carnival Row. Uh, but yeah, and then he also wrote like a comic book okay. of Pacific Rim. So this was his idea at first. Yes. And then he collaborated with Guillermo del Toro on, on making on it a many movie. many rewrites. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. That makes sense. I mean, even before the development of this film, though, like he was waylaid with a few other projects in mm. the between times. Mm -hmm. This was when At the Mountains of Madness was going to happen, I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. And the and then The Hobbit. The Hobbit. So. Yeah, I remember hearing about At the Mountains of Madness uh, in college. So yeah. it would have been. Yeah, it would have been that in that period so it's almost like a weird little accidental hiatus for him how great would it be for him to just actually straight up adapt lovecraft yeah, but it was too expensive apparently well and i had heard that there were some it, they they basically were like it's too close to prometheus and that we're going was the with other prometheus. issue that was the other issue yeah I mean, which they like had to, they had to just kind of step out of the way of it there's nothing they could really do and like what a what a shame, at least yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. Like, Prometheus or Guillermo del Toro adapting Lovecraft? It's like, a clear choice. It's a clear choice. I mean, you know, 
hindsight and all that. Yeah, but, <laughs> but and Prometheus made a lot of money. It did. <sighs> yeah, uh. but it's disappointing. You want to hear something even more disappointing? Mm. And this is something that was only revealed recently. Doug Jones did an interview where he talked about that there was an adaptation of Frankenstein that was in very early development that didn't end up happening in 2010. You can't say that to me. I know. You can't say that to me of all people, Leonora. Doug Jones said that he, that they were never officially in pre-production, but that he was shown a mask that would have been him as the creature. I can't, I can't, you can't put that into my head. I'll never rest. Oh my god, Doug Jones as a creature? I read that last week and I was like, I'll save this for... Oh my god, excuse me while I go (laughs) dig a hole and climb in it and die there. That was basically the tone of the interview also. Apparently it stalled out because um, Universal decided to try the Dark Universe concept instead. Universal! We all know how that went. Oh, Lord in heaven, that is the worst thing I've ever heard. Yep, yep. Oh, oh. So that was another thing that didn't even get quite as far, but. <laughs> okay, well, yep. thanks for bumming me out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was another thing Guillermo was doing in this yes. period of time. Oh, it's relevant. It's just funny to me because if you look at, like, there have been gaps before. Like, there was a big gap in between Kronos and Mimic, and I don't right. think we have any idea what he was doing in that time. Yeah, struggling. Exactly. And and now, <laughs> at least, even though it sucks that he went so long without a film, we know what all the projects were. Yeah. Yeah. And we can just be real we, sad we about it. We can just grieve about them. <laughs> but I wonder if part of the celebratory tone of this movie is because... It was like a movie that he was finally able to actually make. Right. It's just a relief to be having fun. Yes. And it is. And it's clear that everyone was just having a great time making this movie. It's just a fun film. Absolutely. Let's talk about it. Yes. Let's talk about it. Okay. So the opening of the film, we get a black screen and green digital text. Kaiju. And we see it written out in kanji. And we see the English pronunciation. Uh, and we are told that it is Japanese. And the definition is giant beast. Sure. And then we are given Jaeger. And we are given the English pronunciation. Uh, it's written in Roman characters, so they don't need to put right. it in that. And it's German. And the definition is hunter. Yep. And this is when we get Raleigh's opening narration. And this we're, is... We're back to voiceover land. And it's long. We, it I takes think this up is a the longest movie. voiceover. It's like 10 minutes. Because it's like broken up. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're back. I think that's Raleigh's the first back. time that we've, that we've seen this It's like technique. a whole prologue. Yeah, he's narrating the whole thing. It's not just like, what is a ghost? Like, yeah. <laughs> what is a man? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's This is like... Years of history, right? History and 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 personal journey. Yes. So he tells us that he used to look up at the stars, wondering about alien life, but he was looking in the wrong Wrong direction. direction. Um, He tells us about this fissure between tectonic plates that was a portal between dimensions. It is the breach. Yep. Um, and we get to see the breach opening up. It's very cool. Yeah. Blue lightning, fire. It's this like sort of 
crack, this yeah. rift, but it like hovers in the in the water, like exactly. it's above the ground because it's a, it's a it's a fissure in space. Space, yep. And yeah, it's very cool. Um, so he tells us that he was 15 when the first kaiju landed on San Francisco. Yes. And we get to see this from a very cool, like, car's eye point of view. On the Golden Gate Bridge. On the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, this kaiju is just tearing the bridge to shreds. It's extremely big. Yes. Um, cars are falling in the water. And then fighter jets. Come up and start blasting at it with rockets a big sense of like the scale in this film is huge and i think it's so great that we the first time we see this monster we see it from a human point of view view, yeah it's pretty classic that way right i think a lot of the time nowadays we can lose a sense of scale because we get all these like huge fake crane shots helicopter shots of the whole city and it's like look at the whole city and the monster when it's like no no the scale is so much more impressive yes when you see it from a human point of view yeah agreed and this movie does a good job at making things feel actually huge Right, and then by the time that we're kind of operating on the scale of the giant things, we're then, already yeah, familiar with exactly. the scale. We, we're already internalized And it. there's still reminders of it, which is nice. Right, <laughs> props and things, yes, which exactly. are very fun. Um, so he tells us that um, it took six days, 35 miles, and three cities destroyed to take the first kaiju down. Um, and we see eyewitness footage of yep. it. Uh, tens of thousands of people were killed. Um, there's news footage. We get a lot of really rapid flashes. Yeah. We're just seeing the world building happening yeah. here. Really, really fast. Extremely rapidly. One, like, for just, like, three frames, we get the Kaiju Memorial. Yeah. Which is, it's great. I had to pause and, like, look at it. It's so interesting. It's like this yeah. Kaiju skull in this enormous glass case. And they just these all yep. these tiny little people staring up at it. Yep. There's a lot of like little things that feel like they're probably just textural world building type stuff. There's so much world building and sometimes it doesn't go anywhere. But, you know. That's the thing. I think sometimes like I don't want to say it's too much because it's like who's going to complain about too many credible details? Right, because it's all like yeah, it is all credible. That's the thing. Just because it but doesn't it feels get like used doesn't mean it doesn't like matter. A, the right amount of information for like a TV show. It's very rich. <laughs> yes. Uh, so um, he says, you know, we mourned, we moved on, um, and then there was another attack, and we see news footage of this. We see President Barack Obama. I was gonna say that was like. I was like, oh, this is from 2013. Extremely 2013. (laughs) Uh, And this was six months later in Manila. Yep. Uh, And the news tells us about the kaiju's acidic blood causing a phenomenon called kaiju blue. This is an example of... Something we will never hear about again. Never again. I don't understand it. I guess it's I bet he had something and then it just got cut. This is a... Hallmark of 15 drafts, I guess. Yeah. It's just said like it should be important. Right. It feels like attention is drawn to it. We see like a close up of this blue yeah. goop on a glove. Yeah. And, yeah. But, but it's just, I guess, like 
oh, the world is being affected in terrible ways. Right. Not only yeah. are they destroying cities, but they're causing like toxic events that yes. are causing environmental damage long after the kaiju is gone. It's right. a whole thing. Yeah. Um, so the third kaiju hit Cabo. Uh, we get to see, so just again, just flashes, flashes, yes. flashes of things. There's a huge kaiju carcass on an aircraft carrier, oh, man. which is a great shot. It takes up that. the entire aircraft carrier. <sighs> I I paused at one very specific point where there was like a news report that says kaiju excrement contaminates city, <laughs> and there's just like a giant kaiju poop. In the background. Poop. Yeah, you don't think about that. <laughs> no, it's just like you just pause it in the right place and you get all these details. All these details. Well, kaiju poop does get mentioned again. Yes. Uh, and after the fourth kaiju attack, they realized that this was not going to stop. Yes. Um, and they needed a new weapon. So... The world put aside all of their differences <laughs> in a utopian decision. Um, they pooled all their resources to create monsters of our own. Yes. They created the Jaeger program. The way that this is framed is so interesting to me because it feels very optimistic. Oh, from where we're sitting, it's like a dream. I know. That's the thing because like this is like theoretically like almost like apocalyptic fiction or on the verge of it's a disaster story yes but it feels cute now <laughs> a little quaint yeah so and i think it was intended to be optimistic sure i mean and i you know i will say this it in a lot of ways does feel of 2013 but in yes. other ways it feels more hopeful. You yeah. know, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. a lot of fiction at this time, a lot of Hollywood cinema was very grim, was yes. very pessimistic. Yes. It was and dark. Honestly, in American cinema, you would still get a lot of like xenophobic tropes and things of that nature. So right. it feels like on that level, regardless of, of like, you could question how realistic it is, but that feels like missing the point of this movie. Mm -hmm. It was just like, we're already dealing with a fantastical scenario. So why don't we just have it our way? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But and so, it's very tossed off. It's not belabored. No, it's that just there's a, no international conflict in this world anymore. It's a anymore. very multicultural world that we're in, and this is just the setup for that. And everybody's comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting for me because, like, in my mind, I I compare it to other films like Arrival, mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. like the whole thing is like a point of like. People shouldn't fight each other if there but, are aliens, right? But they will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Stuff is like that, that the very, the very uh, pessimistic view? Yeah, or even almost like a neutral slash creeping towards optimism. Mm -hmm. But this is just like not even going to litigate it. It's just like here's what happened. Yeah, we're not going to deal with international interpersonal human conflict on a We have united the world <laughs> Independence Day style. Just like written it off. Like it's not even going to be an issue in one line. And I think that that was pretty different from what was happening at that time oh, yeah. in cinema. So oh, I yeah. think in that way, you know, it does stand out from, yes. from the, the lot of 2013. Yes. I think if anything, it's just more striking now. So uh, we see the the Jaegers for the first yes. time here. They look fucking great. They're, uh, we see them being built 
Uh, he talks about, you know, they built them, they tested them, um, but, you know, things were going wrong. One human just couldn't sustain this. Yep, we so, see, like, a very dramatic nosebleed Oh, on yeah, blah, 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 yeah, a guy getting fried. Uh, and so they developed a, a two-pilot system. Yes. Uh, and they started winning. Uh, and it... Suddenly, the tone shifts entirely. Yep. Uh, We see, like, Jaeger pilots on talk shows, Rolling Stone magazine. Pilots are, like, (laughs) rock stars now. Um, We see a kaiju being burned in effigy. Yep. Uh, Toys, shoes. We see a (laughs) town built on kaiju bones. Yeah. Um, And he's like, we got really good at it. (laughs) Um, So this just becomes... Now, this part, I think, is very realistic. Right. How it just becomes extremely commercial and, and just, trivialized. Yes. Just like an like a almost concerningly normalized part of life. Right. We see, like, a wacky Japanese, like, talk show. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, no, a kaiju. Ah! Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it all changed. This is like so much already. I know. <laughs> this has so much prologue. So, um we we hear a kaiju alert. We are in some kind of military bunk. Yeah. Um the alert tells us that it's a category 3, uh 8700 metric tons. And we see Raleigh for the first time. Yeah. He hops out of bed. He's raring to go and he wakes up his brother Yancy. Yancy. Is this where we get the uh, the title card? Not yet. Not yet, okay. It's much later. It's like 17 minutes into the movie. Isn't there a title card here that tells us we're in 2020? Oh, you yes. mean not a title card, no, no, but no, a location. The, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, that yes. we're in Alaska. Yes, yeah. so he's like, yeah, come on, we're being deployed. We're being deployed. And yes, we were told uh, that this is Alaska in the year 2020. Kaiju War Year 7. So... I just have to make the joke... That, like, when I saw that, I was like, if only. Honestly sounds better. <laughs> I mean, it seems like just as many fucking people are dead this year. Yeah, than, yeah. I don't know, that's probably in poor taste, but, it, but I get what you mean. Yeah, it, like, I, was, like kind it's of, a I t- was kind of like, oh, Kaiju War, how cute for 2020. What a fun apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. Instead of this deeply dull and frustrating yeah one. <laughs> yeah exactly we're living I, I just right had now. to think i i was just thinking weird dark thoughts when that title card came up yeah it i mean it does strike you given what a, a significant year yeah this is to see something like this taking place in this year though not much of it does no it's just this scene <laughs> just this scene uh most of the movie takes place in 2025 25 so this is kaiju um and Raleigh's real excited to fight this new kaiju. Yeah. It's the biggest one yet. It is called Knifehead. They all have <laughs> great names. Yes. Um and Yancy's like, "Oh, Jesus, what time is it?" And it's 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Um and he's like, "What? <laughs> oh my god." <laughs> and uh Raleigh asks if he's ready to put a fifth notch on the belt. Yeah. So this is their fit this will be their fifth Kaiju kill. Yes. And they do a cute brother handshake. Yep. But Yancy's too, too tired, tired to execute yeah. it. Um, and someone outside calls to them that it is time for the drop. And Raleigh's like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yep. <laughs> and uh, 
Yancey says, hey, kid, don't get cocky, which I think is a Star Wars it's reference. Han Solo thing. It's yeah. a Han Solo thing. Um, they get dressed, and we see them walking down the corridor like cool guys. And this is a lot of what the movie is. Very dramatic, cool walking down corridors getting and ready to Getting it. ready to go do something. Yeah. Yes. Um, they look great. They're wearing bomber jackets. They're yeah. They're cool. Blonde boys. Yes. <laughs> Identical brothers. Yes. All of the same looking white boys in this movie. Yeah, really? Yeah. I suppose it's what white people deserve. I guess so. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> A very multicultural movie where all the white all people, the white look, people exactly look the same. <laughs> I feel like this is kind of a weird just thing for the franchise now, given mm-hmm. Scott Eastwood in the in the sequel. Yeah. Looking average as hell. Like, extremely average. <laughs> it's like whenever there's a white guy. They just have to look like... I mean, it's just that very all-American look. Yeah. Even if, like, Chuck is Australian. Yeah. But, like, Raleigh and Yancey are just all-American boys and, next like, door. And, like, the narration in this part really underscores that. That, like, they're unexceptional in every way except they're really good at this one thing. They're just... Yeah, he's like, we... You wouldn't expect much from us. We didn't get it's great kind grades. kind of a weird humble brag almost. Yeah, just we like, didn't We're get... totally unexceptional, totally average. But we can hold our own in a fight yeah so right. yeah i get the kind of vibe that these are just scrappy boys yeah you know with the names like raleigh and, and yancey i feel like they grew up in boston or something of something like that where they're just like and I mean, kids just you yeah. scrapping and and i think like every character in this movie is calculated more to be like as fun and delightful as possible than anything else mm-hmm. and so i feel like that's kind of their secret weapon to make their average white guy protagonist fun slash cute slash enjoyable mm-hmm. is that he's just like scrappy as hell just super scrappy <laughs> and you know he doesn't like he he just loves fighting kaiju and yes. he just happens to be really good at it he's not arrogant in the way that chuck is no he's just like in fact he's very supportive yeah he's a team player and honestly i think that's the other thing about him that is supposed to be like he i feel like he's a good contrast to a character like Myers and Hellboy who is like this very dull audience surrogate <gasps> character He's white so guy <laughs> like like just sort of like an like an irritating product of the assumption that the average viewer of this film is going to be a white man right whereas i feel like in this movie it almost feels like Raleigh's presence underscores the fact that the movie was made for everyone else because he's there to be supportive and cool and way better than he's the, people like him usually he's are. just a great ally exactly that's his whole purpose as a character yes to be an ally uh and and you know we get to see him very shortly you know risking his own yeah. well-being yeah for the little guy yeah where Which he's like, like no his... i'm not leaving anyone behind yeah. there is no acceptable casualty exactly i will fight till the last in order to help everyone yeah and so you get really on his side exactly he's very likable in that way yeah and i feel like probably on guillermo del toro's part a good choice in terms of characterization just to create a sort of very simple character but who's very easy to like yeah he's just nothing but likable yeah he's just like non-threateningly handsome yes and very good (laughs) yeah yeah he's like and even in terms of like Charlie Hunnam's physique, he's not like as 
He's like, not a Hemsworth. No, and he he. I mean, he's, he's still ripped as hell. He's but. buff, but he's in every movie Charlie Hunnam has been in since this. He's been more buff in like almost a creepy way. Right, except for the Crimson next. Peak, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we like, just don't see him with the shirt off. Yeah, so we don't know what's going to, on. Like, king arthur or whatever else right like he looks more like a human just like a really fit guy yeah but within the realm of like someone you wouldn't be intimidated to see in normal life yeah <laughs> right yeah so very calculated appearance yeah yeah honestly he's 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 a well calculated character they really hit the mark i do find his dialogue delivery a little funky i have to say i mean i would never call charlie hunnam a good actor <laughs> but everyone's dialogue delivery in this movie is is it's all just a little, a little beyond real. Just a bit B-movie-ish. Right. In and a fun I, And way. it's like, I feel like it's sort of self-conscious about that. Like, this movie yeah. is like, has no illusions about being realistic in any way at no, all. That's not the point. It's, it's aspirational. And yeah. it's... I think visually there's a commitment to details, mm -hmm. like, and there's realism in that sense. But as far as the story no, and the characters, the characters, it's all broad on purpose. Super broad and, and just really enjoyable for that. Yes. I, I think immediately there's like a sense of wanting to make each character equally broad. Right. But in all their own special way. Yes. <laughs> they yes. are. And everybody is really unique. Like yeah. all the characters feel like very distinct people. Yes. They're just not real people. Which is why this movie was like such like fandom bait. Oh, absolutely! Everybody, you, there's something for everybody. Exactly. Here. So yes. they're walking down the corridor. They're cool. They're like, yeah, we we're good in a fight, and we have one special thing about us. We are drift, drift compatible. compatible. Um, we see them suiting up into their cool white Jaeger suits. Yeah. Uh, there's the cool spine thingy that yeah, attaches to their we're back. we're going to see a lot of that. This, the music starts up. Mm -hmm. The cool, like, techno beat version yep. of the, the main, theme. main theme. I love it. We get this cool, completely pointless thing where the helmets like drain of this like opaque yellow fluid yeah and i don't think we ever see that again never again <laughs> it does it's not anything and it yep. doesn't matter it just looks fucking rad yep um we see the jaeger cockpit lighting up they co go in and they hook into the harnesses it this is just tech this is just yeah. machinery and it's all practical and it looks good as hell it's very detailed mm -hmm. it just really thought through of like how does all of this work how does all yes. of it fit together and what's it all for it all makes sense to your eye and there's like cool details like the paint is peeling a little bit right this is a machine that's been in use for like some time uh-huh by the same people and they know the drill at right. this point and they, uh, so yeah, you're right about it being really intuitive as far as what everything is. Like they hook their backs into these harnesses to hold yes. them up. Their feet clamp into these yeah. like elliptical, like yeah. walking things. There's a lot of like details and construction and things that feel really well thought out. Uh-huh. They get these cool like hand thingies. Yeah. These that like yeah. let them control the arms. Like Character-wise and story-wise, it's a broad film, but I think in terms of mechanics, they were trying to be as in-world, detailed, and realistic as possible. And this way, you look at it and you're like, I understand this machine. You don't have yes. to tell me how it works. 
I've got it. Exactly. There's so much else to tell you. Yeah. At, at, le- they- at very least this we can see and be like comprehensible. It's like visual ergonomics, right? Mm-hmm. They're showing it. They've designed it in such a way that they can show it without having to explain it. And you understand how it works. And what a fucking contrast from the other huge robot movie that was so popular at this time. Right. Transformers. Yeah. It is so visually incomprehensible. Well, that's what I said. This is basically like Transformers if it was about feelings instead. Which makes all the difference. <laughs> yeah. Also, just like visually a thousand oh, yeah. times oh, yeah. For more sure. pleasant. <laughs> I think that there's like... You can see influences of it. Like, sure. Just because like some frames are so cluttered with information. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it feels more deliberate. Yeah. And it just at all times easier to parse. I think because it's just about like you care about who's in the giant robot suit. It does make a difference. But also the robots are just better designed. They're better designed. There's less of them. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting organic creatures. So you can distinguish between Between them during any class you understand the stakes because you're like it's very simple really Mm -hmm. because you're just like if jaeger loses innocent people die Mm -hmm. and i mean just visually it's like yeah that's a big monster and that's a person-shaped robot and and it's it's easy so easy to read yes it 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 does make a huge fuck like it sounds silly but it makes such a huge fucking yeah i mean for a type of movie like this it makes refreshing choices mm-hmm. in the same way that like the Hellboy films make refreshing choices for a comic book based film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't help but compare it to a lot of the sort of like mush that you're greeted with in other genre examples. Yes. So over their comms, they're talking to uh, Tendo Choi. Yeah. Who is great. Yes. He's a little bit the... Um, Tito the Mortician. Yeah, of a little this movie. bit. Yeah. Just like Mr. He's a little more serious. He's a little more yeah, he's got he's he's more sort of capable. Yeah. But he's got that sort of like joking around yeah. kind of vibe. And he has similar like humorous facial hair. He's, he's Right. <laughs> well no, he's Tendo is clean shaven. He's just got kind of wild head hair. Head hair that's kind of coming down onto his face a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um but he's like they're the sort of like mission control yes, of the whole yes. thing. He's like the the lead engineer. Yes. He's in the control room. Uh-huh. Um and they're just they're just bantering. Yep. Uh they ask him how his date with Allison went and he <laughs> says, "Oh, she loved me. Her boyfriend not so much." Yeah, yuck, yeah. yuck 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 yuck. <laughs> yeah, and you know, they're just they're just ribbing and having a good time. Yeah. They're they're cocky. They're at the top of their game. Yes. There's nothing can go wrong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Marshall Pentecost yep. arrives, uh-huh. and suddenly Tendo straightens up. Yeah. You don't fuck around when Pentecost is on yep. deck. Um, and he tells them to engage drop. Yeah. Uh, and Tendo does his thing, and it all engages. The technician, machinery, yeah. people moving. This is a huge production. Um, and the technicians release the Jaeger cockpit head and it drops down this chute to couple with the Jaeger body. body. It's yeah. so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Like, I've never really seen that. Yeah, it's it's a fun idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, cat's eating my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I love it. Um, they engage pilot to pilot protocol. The Jaeger couples, 
Uh, it powers up and the huge bay doors open. Yeah. Uh, it's raining outside. It's coming down. As this it is... will be for almost the entire film. Yeah, there's a lot of rain <laughs> in this movie. But in this case, we're in Alaska. Yes. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and the Jaeger is moved out on these like tracks forward. Yeah. And then lowered into the water. Uh, and this is Gypsy Danger. Yep. Ready and aligned. Uh, Pentecost tells them to prepare for neural handshake. Um, they get a countdown and they do some brotherly banter. Yep. You know, you first, age before beauty. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. These brothers are so close. Yep. <laughs> and totally like... Almost not taking this very seriously, right? They're they've uh, done this before. They've done this before. They're they're pros. Yes, uh, they love doing this. Yeah. Uh, and then they go into the drift, and it's this cool effect of like, like yep. zooming in and like some like blue blue stuff, hazy flashback things. Uh, and we see like flashes of childhood memories yes. and. Raleigh's voiceover yep, <laughs> tells us that this drift was based on uh, DARPA jet fighter neural systems, which is a thing. Okay. I mean, it's they're stretching it pretty far. Right. But sure, that is some real life technology that might be a jumping off point for something Fair like enough. this. Um, they are basically, they're m melding their minds together to pilot together. The deeper the bond, the better you fight. Yeah. So that's I that's just it, it, this movie in a nutshell. Yes. You can accomplish miracles yep. with a deep enough bond. Yeah. That is the like the obsession point for people who are really really into this movie, I think. Giant robots powered by trust and mutual respect. Exactly. What more could you want? Yeah, it's the best idea. It's the most wholesome giant robot concept I've ever heard. Yeah, and I absolutely. Love it. It's delightful. It's it's just it's just that endless optimism of this movie. Yeah, I feel like if anything, this movie like almost slightly underutilizes it as a concept, but you almost couldn't not. Right. Because conceptually, it's so good. It's so good, and it's just so <laughs> fertile. Yeah. So, uh, Tendo tells us that the neural handshake is strong and holding. Uh, mm. Left hemisphere calibrating, right hemisphere calibrating. So each boy controls One a hemisphere, hemisphere. And that's how they're able to do this thing. Yeah. So they're sort of functioning as one brain. What like a great solid idea to base this movie yeah, on. Yeah, I remember my mind being just totally blown by this yeah. idea of like a double robot. Yeah. Like how cool, it's how novel. Powered by collaboration. <laughs> uh they, as they calibrate, they start moving in unison, yeah. which is really cool to see. And as they move their arms, Gypsy Danger does the same. Yes. And it's just great. So it's like, ah, yes, I get how this works now. Exactly. They meld their minds and they're moving in sync and the yeah. robot does what they do and they all move together. Exactly. Got it. And Visual it's, storytelling. It's nice because we don't just get like CGI fight scenes in this movie. You get we a lot get of the humans intercutting between a totally practical environment and mm -hmm. the CGI fight, and it makes it feel more urgent because you get to see the people inside yes. doing it and being impacted by mm -hmm. what's happening outside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So, um, they are ordered to hold the miracle mile off of Anchorage. So what this term means in this movie uh-huh. is the 10-mile perimeter around the coastline. Okay, I was wondering that. Yes, I had to look this up. <laughs> this is Pacific Rim lore. <laughs> but There's it, a surprising amount of that. <laughs> yes, the miracle mile just refers to a 10-mile line from the coast. Okay. So that's what they're always holding. They're trying to keep the kaiju away from shore. By a certain radius. It makes sense. Yes. Um, so, they're, yeah, it's their defensive perimeter um, off of Anchorage in yeah. this case. Um, and they are, find out that there is a fishing vessel out there. Um, but Pentecost says, don't worry about it. You're protecting the city. A fishing boat that holds 10 people is only a distraction. Yeah, this, this is a is necessary a, casualty. This is a good, like... This is a character moment yeah. for everyone involved. Yes. Because um, the Beckett boys are like, uh, sir? And he's yeah. like, don't worry yeah. about the boat. Worry about the city. And they're kind of like, we're going to worry about the boat. We're going to worry about the boat, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, Raleigh's like, oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, you know what I'm thinking? And Ro- and Yancey says, I'm in your brain. I know everything <laughs> you're thinking. And Raleigh says, let's go fishing. <laughs> Delightful. And they start marching through the ocean. Yep. And it's so big. Yeah, this is where like the scale was yeah. really jumping out at me. I love seeing these robots yeah. walk around and do things. Yeah. It's just a thrill. <laughs> Um, and we get more Raleigh voiceover. Yeah. And he tells us that there are some things you can't fight, um, you know, acts of God, uh, hurricanes. But when you're in a Jaeger, you feel like you can fight the hurricane and you can win. Fair enough. Because we, it's we powered it. by mutual respect. Yeah. <laughs> but also it's just like two people who are very small who are able to... to, to pilot accurately and well this giant craft right would, would make you feel extremely powerful you're a titan exactly uh we see the fishing boat out in the sea it just looks tiny because yeah. we're seeing it from kind of a jaeger yeah, eye basically view. and it's just this teeny weeny boat yeah. um and this is we're told alaska coastline 10 mile line yeah. the miracle mile yeah um down on the boat Fishermen are distressed. They're trying to tie down some stuff and yeah. figure out what they're going to do about they're this terrible panicking, storm. Yeah. Um, how far to mainland? They're seven miles off Anchorage. Uh, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, we can't make it. We won't make it past the shallows. And they're like, well, there's an island three miles away. Wait, it's two miles away. It's one mile away. What the hell is happening in the radar? Beep, 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 yep. beep, beep, beep. The fact that after seven years, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't immediately be like, maybe this could happen to us out here. This could be a kaiju. Yeah. But at this moment, they yes. see the kaiju breaching yep. in the waves. And it's so big. It's huge. And we get to see under the water and it's swimming legs, swimming yeah. like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> but it has like six legs instead Something. of four. It has too many. It's got a lot of legs. Uh, it's kind of a slip near situation. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, shit, get away, futilely trying to yep. swim away. The kaiju is so big. 
Yo. It's just so big and it's menacing over them. It's terrifying. Yo. We're getting to see like a full kaiju yeah. for like an extended moment for the yeah. first time. Suddenly, Gypsy Danger arrives out of the sea. Yes. And they're just like, whoop. And they just scoop the boat scoop up the in boat their up. hand. Yep. Um, and sort of turn yeah. as the kaiju is striking. They just like whoop, send it yeah. off into the ocean the other direction. And that's the last we see of the boat. It's pretty cute. It's, they're just like, yeah, it's off fun. you they're go, like, buddy. Oh, yeah, there you go. Be free. Um, and this and is like the one moment where the soundtrack is a little cliche and does kind of a Hans Zimmer boom kind of thing. Right. It's just the scale of it all, yep. I guess. Uh, but yes, the kaiju strikes and they duke it out. Just smashing it up. Yep, beating it fighting, down. Overhead fighting, fighting. punch. Uh, it bites onto Gypsy's arm yep. um, and they power up the plasma cannon and they hit it in the abdomen. It's very cool. It's yes. this like their hand like transforms into this blaster kind of Mega Man style. Yeah. Um, and Tendo back at Mission Control reports the plasma cannon discharge and Pentecost is like, what are you doing? Uh, he's not pleased. Right. And they're like, job's done. We killed it, man. Our fifth kill. It's yeah. it's taken out. Don't even. they like started walking away at this yeah, point. Yeah, they think it's over. Um, and Pentecost is furious. He orders them to come back. And they're like, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. We did it, boy. <laughs> uh, they're very proud of themselves. And then Tendo says, kaiju signature rising. That thing's still alive. Yeah. These boys got cocky yeah and pentecost tells them um and he actually at this point tells them to grab the boat and get out yeah uh because you know if they can right you know he does care yeah it's it's all about mitigating risk right um at this moment the kaiju emerges and strikes uh raleigh tries the plasma cannon but the kaiju rips the arm off on yep. Raleigh's side. Uh, and, and he's in pain. He's in serious pain. Um, and the kaiju just goes crazy on them. Yeah. Uh, Raleigh's in trouble. They're confused. The machines are breaking down. Yancey tries to say something and is suddenly ripped out. Extremely suddenly. Just ripped out of the Jaeger. Yeah. Just violently. And he's just gone. Um, and Raleigh starts screaming for him, struggling. The kaiju is still attacking. Yep. Uh, and he just, he keeps trying to fight. He's piloting this thing alone, which you are not supposed not to supposed be able to, to do. do. Um, he manages to hit it with the plasma cannon, but it is chewing him up. Yep. He powers up, powers up, powers up, hits it with a huge plasma blast. Uh, back at the command center, we find out that the discharge fried the comms. They have no signal. And Pentecost walks away sadly. Yep. Like the serious man that he Extremely is. Extremely serious. Uh, we haven't even said, he's but he's Idris, Idris Elba. Elba with a mustache. With his mustache, it yeah. looks great. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I suppose probably the first thing I actually saw him in was Thor. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. But I didn't know not who he was. And he's he not, looks different in that. looks super different. And he's yeah. not in that one as much. No. And then he was in Prometheus also. The I year will after admit, that. I didn't actually see it. 
I'm talking shit about Prometheus oh, and I didn't even you see it. You haven't seen it ever? No. I just rewatched it and it's whatever. Yeah. It's fine. It's not too good. It's not too bad. It's a missed opportunity. But Idris Elba is in it for a little while. Playing I, like as a, I, uh, yeah, I kind of like a serious that. captain type character. But this is the first time I really saw Idris Elba in a significant role. This is, this like, I think it's funny because now if you watch it, it feels like he was cast because of his internet popularity. Hmm. But this is the movie that made him popular on the internet. Right, yeah. I mean, he was just cast because he's absolutely the right man for the job. Exactly. It's, he's fabulous. Yes. He's fabulous. He's great. He's doing a heck of an accent, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it actually, that is his accent. Is that his real voice? Yeah, he's British. I mean, I know he was British, but I feel like he's doing a regional thing that I didn't I associate with I think he's pretty Cockney him. and real. I don't know for sure. This is what he sounds like in Luther, though. Okay. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that is at least close to his natural dialect fair enough yeah i feel like he's he's giving an i mean he's definitely playing a character with his voice he's but that's more of a vibe yeah (laughs) yeah it's not even the accent so much but it's just his vibe is kind of extra in a fun way the best lines in this whole movie though he gets to be the coolest guy delivers them with much relish he delivers them (laughs) i love it he's so good no other man would do so we see the alaska coast and some detectorists. Yeah, it's uh, like an old man and a young boy. Probably a grandpa and a grandson. That's what it seems the year like. most special. Yeah. Um, and they're beep beep beeping along, and the grandpa's like, you know what I'd like to find? I'd like to find a whole ship. <laughs> <laughs> they're just being cute. And then they find something, they're like, oh, whoa, whoa. And the boy digs and he's like, ah, oh, it's just a toy, and it's a toy robot. Yep. Which is hilarious. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, we never find anything. And then the detector starts going crazy. And they're like, what? Yeah, and he's we... like holding it up, not mm-hmm. even near the ground, and it's freaking out. Yes. And then we hear boom. Yeah. Boom. Huge footsteps. And there's Gypsy Danger. Yep. And it falls to the ground on the shore. It's huge. It's just crashing. Yeah. Just sand and rocks just going everywhere. thing of scale right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really helps to sort of ground... It all yeah. in reality to see the human to Jaeger scale here. Um, and they start running up and the grandpa's like, no, you stay here and runs up to help. And Raleigh crawls out of the smashed up cockpit. It's uh, a pretty good shot. Mm-hmm. Very dramatic. Very sad. Yeah. Um, and he's just stumbling around. He's dazed. He's it's it's amazing. He's even alive. Yeah. Um, and the man is like, I, 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 let me help you. What do you, what's going on? Um, and he, Raleigh's just in shock. Yeah. Um, and he's just saying, Yancey, Yancey, um, and falls to the ground and the man sends the boy for help. Um, and we get this huge, like, crane yeah. helicopter shot up, 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 up above the wreckage. And this is where we get the logo and the title <laughs> the sequence. The title card. It's yeah. barely even a sequence. Right. It's just like the, those like black squares yeah. kind of like moving up and down. And yeah. I feel rippling. like we keep getting less of a title sequence each time. I mean, it's a little quaint at this point. Yeah. Like, it's sort of not a thing. Yeah. Um, and so he's just holding on to it a little, just a little bit. I, I like opening I title do, sequences. Oh, I do too, and he does them really well. 
But, but it's just funny to see us going from something like at the beginning we had like Mimic had like a whole thing, a whole like seven style one, right? Like, right. And, yeah. And now we just have like last time we had the long thing with the gears, just gears and gears and gears. And this time it's just like, whoop, here's the title. Yeah. This is very little bit of preamble. Just a little something, just to get the very good title Pacific. Yeah. Brand. So, uh, black screen, um, and we hear the kaiju are learning our defenses. They're adapting, evolving, and we're losing Jaegers faster than we can build them. Yeah, we um, start seeing yes. some of the fallen Yeah, Jaegers. we see a destroyed Jaeger. Um, we see Lima, Seattle, Vladivostok. Um, and now Category 4 kaijus are coming. Yikes. Um, and we see Pentecost is on a video call with world representatives. Yes. There's many of them. There's lots of them. And we are in, um, we get the, the card that tells us five years later, Alaska base closing day. Yeah. We're in sort of the command center, but everything's all covered up. It's just Pentecost, Tendo, and a third man who is <laughs> hercules hansen yes uh we're told that the jaegers are just not viable and he's like i know those are my rangers that are right. getting killed you just got to give me one last chance one final assault and they're like pentecost the jaeger program is dead we are now going with the coastal wall program uh, he's authorized to take all remaining Jaegers to the last battle station left in Hong Kong. He will be funded for eight more months while the coastal wall is finished. Yeah. This movie is like so transparently like against the concept of this wall. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of absurd that it was considered viable by yeah. anyone. But this is one point where like in terms of like governmental or, or political shit in this movie that it feels unfortunately plausible. <laughs> this is one of the ones where it's like you'd like to think like, how could they pop? Yes, of course they yeah, would. of course they would. Of course they of would. Of course they would be like, instead of international cooperation, every country's just going to build a big wall. Wah, wah. Yeah. Uh, so the call ends. Um, Tendo and Herc are very upset. Mm -hmm. um, and... Herc says, suits and ties, flashy smiles, that's all they are, Stacker. Um, I love how this is how we find out his name is Stacker Pentecost. Stacker Pentecost. Everyone in this movie has a great name. Yeah, the names. The names are exceptional. Um, and Pentecost takes out a little tin and takes a pill. Yeah, sort of like a very bright yellow pill so that we notice it. We'll see it. It's small, but it's yeah. bright. Uh, and he says, we don't need them. Uh, we cut to a wall under construction, and we get the card telling us this is Wall, wall of, of life. life, in quotation marks, yep. Sitka, Alaska. And we're sort of panning across the construction site, and we see um, a, an old sign, yeah. anti-kaiju wall, Alaska to California, um, and it's it's clearly been here a long time. It's well, there's like... There's like There's, expected to be completed. Yeah, three hundred mile section completion by, and it's spray painted. Never. never. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Tells you a lot. (laughs) Visual storytelling. Yes. Um, And we see another sign that this is a ration for work site. Yep. More really rich visual storytelling that like this is a world where people where food is rationed. Right. Yeah, we'll hear about it more later too. Uh Uh-huh. So yes, we see um, Raleigh is there. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of the workers sort of pile into the interior building part of the site. And the foreman climbs up on a thing and he says, hey, I've got good news and bad news. What do you want? And a guy says, give us the bad news. Um, and he says, well, the bad news is three guys died at the top of the wall yesterday. And they're like, well, what's the good news? And he says, the good news is there are three new job openings at the top of the wall. Who wants them? Um, and we see Raleigh working at the top of the wall. He's welding beams. He is quite diminished. This sad man. Um, and he stands on the girders and he looks out at the sea. Yeah. dramatically and then he does a cool move where he, he just like slides down down the girder it's wild it looks uncomfortable because it seems pretty rusty and yeah i mean he's got gloves and all fair enough but it looks very dangerous, dangerous as hell that's raleigh yeah he's a danger boy <laughs> i have no regard for his own personal this is safety a way of showing that he's still got it he's i guess still got it he's still a, a cool guy um, we see a news program on the television. Yeah. Um, down at the work site. Another kaiju um, has arrived and it has broken through the coastal wall in Australia in less than an hour. Yeah. And Raleigh's co worker <laughs> that we see Very briefly is yeah. like, that. They tore through it like it's nothing. Why are we even building Why this? Why are we thing? building this wall? And everyone's like, oh, fuck. It's yeah. a category four kaiju. But luckily, a uh, decommissioned Jaeger Striker Eureka, piloted by Herc and Chuck Hansen, took it down. Yep. Um, and we get to see them on the TV fighting it from like a, a yeah. witness video from yeah. a rooftop. It's very cool. And they like take it down with a bunch of chest gun. Things. Yeah, they got their chest rockets, which yeah. will come up later. Um, and we get sort of a an on-the-scene interview with Chuck. He's a very cocky young Australian man, and he says, "Well, the reason that all the Jaegers are decommissioned is just due to bad pilots." Uh, and we get Raleigh's reaction mm-hmm. shot to that, of course. He doesn't like that personal um, slight, basically. Basically, uh, and it will become more personal oh, very yeah. soon. But um, this was Striker Eureka's tenth kill, which is a new record. Yep. And um, they're like, "Well, are you going to go to Hong Kong?" And he's like, "I guess so. It's orders, so we're all going yeah. to Hong Kong." Um, and Raleigh knows that he will be summoned, you know, just as just, yeah. he has the intuition. He just turns and he goes to the door and outside a chopper is landing just, just landing now. at that exact moment. At the exact moment yep. because this is a movie. Yep. <laughs> um, and he meets Pentecost outside and Pentecost is like, Hey, it's been a long time. And Raleigh says five years, four months. Yeah. Um, Pentecost asks if they could talk. And Raleigh says, step into my office. (laughs) Uh, And they go inside to this weird structure. And Raleigh sits on this big, weird thing. Mm -hmm. It's a great set piece of no idea what this giant round object is. No clue. But it looks real cool. Yeah. And he's like, so what do you want? And Pentecost 
tells him that he has been trying to activate everything he can get his hands on. And he's got an old Mark III Raleigh might have heard of yep. that needs a pilot. And Raleigh's like, well, oh, I'm, I'm so honored to be your first choice. And he says, well, all the other Mark III pilots are dead. Jeez. And Raleigh's like, I can't do it. I can't have anyone in my head after what happened. I can't do that again. Yeah. I was still connected to Yancey when he died. And we can imagine how traumatic that must be. Just you know, from what we know. It's, it's right. Like, you, or at least we can try to imagine. Yeah. But, like, it's probably unimaginable. Yeah. That's... But we're hit with that already. I mean, like, we'll hear more about it later, but mm -hmm. it already seems like... Like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, you didn't even think about that. Exactly. You're just like, oh, shit. That's... He had to experience his brother's death on a level that, like... Like, no... firsthand. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he was going through it on some level. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wild. Um... So Raleigh tries to walk away, and here comes one of Pentecost's oh, very yeah. good lines. He says, haven't you heard, Mr. Beckett? The world is coming to an end, so where would you rather die, here or in a Jaeger? Great stuff. And Raleigh turns and is like, well, fuck. <laughs> You're right. I think with a lot of, like, Stacker's lines, it's really in the delivery. <laughs> and that's why it had to be Idris. Yeah. Because he can pull it off. Yeah, exactly. These sort of like very self-consciously epic moments. He right? has so much dignity. Yes. Uh, and yeah, so, I mean, we're just fully convinced. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, well, you're, you're right. You're like, yeah, it makes This sense. wall is hopeless. I'm going to die. So yeah. I might as well. And of course, that's the perfect way to appeal to Raleigh. Because of yeah. course, he can't abandon people. Exactly. So it's like, how is he going to say no yeah. to this? So we see the chopper flying over water. The card says Hong Kong Bay, 1800 hours. Huge coastal base. Yes. This is another Guillermo del Toro movie where I don't understand the significance of the timestamps at all. At least in this case, it's like a military thing. Yes. And also like it to some degree it does matter because it's like we've got a countdown clock happening that all the time. True. And that it's like how long has the Jaeger been out there? How long will it take to arrive? Right. Like there the, is more compared to Hellboy 2, there Hellboy are more timing considerations. It doesn't matter at all in Hellboy yeah. 2. I don't understand. In this one it's like, all right. You're like, it's okay. worth knowing yeah. these things here. It fits the aesthetic better, if nothing else. Um, the chopper is landing on a helipad, and we get another card yeah. telling us Shatterdome, Jaeger Station. <laughs> the names of things. Shatterdome. Shatterdome. Um, so the chopper's landing. There's lots of activity. Just people are scrambling around, getting stuff done. Yep. There are kaiju parts in big, enormous vessels, yeah. and they're being delivered. And a young woman, Mako, yeah. comes out with an umbrella to meet them because it is raining. Oh, of course her. it is raining. Of course it's raining. It's always raining in this movie. But the way she walks in this movie. Oh, the way they frame her introduction. You see her and you're just like, oh, who are you? Yeah. Just like the way that they've framed it and choreographed it. like Yeah. Like She's her magnetic. Her umbrella makes it even more so She's for whatever mysterious. reason. Yeah. But like. They're trying to make her look as cool as possible, which Immediately. is like a, a running theme in this film. But in like a very quiet way. Oh, yeah. Like she has 
gravitas, right? Yes. And it's kind of funny because in that way, she and Raleigh are like complete opposites. And that's why they balance one another. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like big and showy and loud and just everything is out in the open. He wears everything on his sleeve. And Mako is reserved and quiet and elegant elegant yeah just well i think you can see it because they're both introduced by we see them doing like an epic walk Mm -hmm, but it's like the opposite it's the opposite because he's like swaggering at the beginning with his Uh brother right and she's like doing like again the most elegant just dignity yeah absolutely love it um so pentecost exits the chopper then raleigh um she brings an umbrella. She has only brought one. Yep. So Pentecost passes it to Raleigh and Mako and Pentecost share an umbrella. That's significant. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Pentecost introduces her, says that this is Mako Mori. She is their best and brightest, and she is in charge of the Mark III restoration program. Uh, and she personally handpicked his co-pilot candidates. So she's very responsible, yes. too. And this is when I noticed how cool her hair is. Yeah, she's got this cool blue streaks. Yes. It's a little cliche, but she looks so good. She looks amazing. Um, and in Japanese, she says to Pentecost, I imagined him differently. <laughs> and in Japanese, Raleigh responds, better or worse? <laughs> and she's like, oh. I've yep. been caught, but then she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, I'm I've heard so much about you." Yeah. And there's kind of a moment where she's like, "Okay." Yeah. She kind of smiles, like she's she's pleasantly surprised. Yeah, like like her expectations have been exceeded. Yes, she sees him and she's like, "I don't know about this guy." And then he speaks Japanese, and he's very sort of fun and yeah, and, you know he he he's ribbing her a bit, yeah. but he's gentle about it. And so she's a little embarrassed, but it's fine. You know, he has yes. communicated to her like, I caught you, yeah. but I am, I'm going to be good humored about this. And what I like is, and what especially feels like different for American cinema at this point is their, the flavor of their dynamic mm-hmm. and how like there's no real tension between them of it's any so kind easy. ever. It's so easy between Which them. Which is not, it's, 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 it's important. It's essential that you feel that. Because we, we, these two need to have a great connection immediately. Yes. No for, friction. For, for the premise of most of the film to work. Yeah. And... We have to believe that they're just compatible. I feel like a lesser film would like put them at odds and have them try to learn to work together. Mm-hmm. But this movie is so not even interested it's not in that. It's about that. Yeah. It's about these two people who meet and they're like, you. It's you and me. We're going to do this. You believe in their instant, like, their instant connection. connection. Yeah. And it's also completely non sexual. Yes. Which is also yeah. deeply refreshing. Exactly. It's like these people just work yeah they just work yeah they just vibe it's about vibing (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and even though it's not it's not at all sexual and it's not even explicitly romantic there's something to be said for it being an interracial connection it is an interracial relationship of whatever nature it might be exactly and that's significant to show because of the lack of friction involved in it i think Mm -hmm. and i and also there's there's no like playing up of how different they are right (laughs) 
It's it, they're playing up how similar they are. Yes. Like we see their differences. Yes. It's easy enough to look yeah, at them and see exactly. their differences. And it's about seeing that actually It's like a personality similarity. Uh-huh. Like inside, in yeah. the bit that matters, the yeah. bit that really counts, they're the same. Exactly. And I will say, uh while we're talking about this, yeah. it's also so fucking important that this very cool Asian woman is not sexualized in any way in this yeah, movie. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. She's never, ever sexualized. No, He not at is all. more sexualized yeah, than she is. True. And it's just the barest of yeah. things. Uh, but, like, never. Not once. Yeah. Thank no, you, she's, Guillermo. She's given dignity. Absolutely. She is, she is someone to be taken seriously. Yeah. And absolutely. she is. And everybody knows it. Yes. The only person who ever disrespects her is our shitty asshole character yeah. who immediately gets taken a task for it and eventually like grows and learns, learns. Yeah. like how it's, good it's very how, pleasant how yeah. wholesome oh okay so <laughs> to go on there's been a lot of ink spilled about that but it's worth mentioning still absolutely it's important to how this movie functions yeah uh it's not just like a nice thing that he did like it's yes. crucial yeah so, um, they are going to tour the facility, uh, they step into the big elevator, and at this time, Gottlieb and Geisler are like, wait, yeah. wait, 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 and they jump into the elevator, um, Gottlieb is Bern Gorman, Yo. and Geisler is Charlie, Charlie Day. Day. What a duo these two <laughs> guys duo. are. We've got a bit of an odd couple situation happening oh, yeah. here. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I gotta say, so this is Bern Gorman's first time showing up in a Del Toro. Crazy. I know. Feels strange. Yeah. Um, it's such a funny role for him because, like, yeah. a lot of his roles prior to this, he's kind of, like, edgy. Yeah. Like, on Torchwood, this, he's, like, the bad boy. Right. I don't know if it's because, like, this is his first time in, like, a major American film, as far as I know. I mean, it's great to see his range. Yeah. He, he plays this, like, poncy character really well. Yeah. He's yeah. very awkward and very funny. Yeah. He's really funny. Honestly, he's he's more charming in this than, like, anything. And, like, casually using a cane, which is cool right, to see. Right, he's just, like, disabled and that's fine. It's not even remarked upon, I think, ever by no, anyone. No, we don't know why. He just, you know, uses he a cane. uses a cane. And that's fine. Why not? It's great. And that doesn't feel like part of what makes him a doofy character. Like, that's just his personality. Right. He's just deeply awkward yeah. and really weird. Yeah. Those things are never equated, which is good. No. No, it's just yeah. a character choice. Yeah. And he's great. He's, and he's then, delightful. And then we have Charlie Day. Yeah. Who's, <laughs> I think, cast more to type. I right. Think it's he's fair just. To say. Yeah. And, he's, and the joke is what if a guy like Charlie Day was like a major scientist? Scientist. And I think you believe it. Sure, absolutely, because he's like a weirdo scientist. Yeah. He's just like an obsessive guy. And he's like too loud. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're both socially awkward in their own special way. And that's what makes them so great together. Yes. Yeah, he's just, he doesn't understand what anyone else is thinking or doesn't yeah. care about it's very making other people of, uncomfortable. It's very matter of fact about it, though. Like, they pretty much just use his volume. Yeah, he just to talks a lot and too loud. And too loud, yeah. And everyone's just like, okay. Yeah. 
So and they squabble a lot. Lots of bickering. Yeah. The odd couple. Yeah. Uh, so they jump into the elevator and Geisler, Newt, um, he's very protective of the kaiju parts that are in there. Yeah. He's like, these are super expensive and hard to come by, so look but don't touch. And yep. he's, uh, uh, so Pentecost introduces them as the research team. Uh, and this is when Newt says, call me Newt, only my mother calls me doctor, <laughs> which is a hilarious line. Yes, but he delivers it in such an awkward way. Oh, right, it it's like, it, it is a clever- It funnier to us, but you can see why they're not so amused it's a, by It's it. a great joke, and he does not know how to tell it. Yeah, d- delivered poorly, yeah. <laughs> and, and then he's like, hey, Herman, come on over, meet people. And he's like, don't call me by my first name in front of other people, I'm a doctor, and I, I'm a- and he's like, like, oh yes of course I'll call you a doctor and making fun of him and it's really cute uh <laughs> I really like Burn Gorman he's delightful and he's got one of the best names I've ever heard yes especially cause it's not Burn like Bernard it's B-U-R-N Burn Gorman Burn Gorman uh Raleigh sees that Newt has a kaiju tattoo he's got a sleeve on his yeah. forearm which is another sort of interesting thing you don't see in scientist characters often having tattoos. Uh-huh. But totally feels oh, plausible. It, oh, in this case, like, it's just we're building such a rich picture of this guy. Yeah. Because he starts nerding out. Exactly, you know, Raleigh knows what, stuff, yeah. what kaiju it is. And uh, Newt's like, oh, yeah, good eye, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And Riley's like, yeah, I know. I, I'm the one who took it down. Right. And it's kind of fun. It also shows you something yeah. about Newt that he cares more about the kaiju than the Jaeger pilot who took it down. Like, he knows everything about this kaiju, but he doesn't know that Raleigh was the pilot that killed it. I think in so much as Newt has any sort of arc in this movie, it's that at the beginning he has no practical idea of how dangerous the kaiju are. Yes. And then he learns quite immediately. Yes, and personally... Yeah. Yeah, it's all sort of theoretical to yes, him. Yes, he's just like talking statistics almost. Mhm. Um yes, cuz at this point, uh you know, that yeah, he like nerds out and yeah. he's like, "Oh yeah, 500 500,000 tons of awesome." And, or and Raleigh's, awful Raleigh's and Raleigh's not like feeling it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome, right? And um at this point, uh, Herman is the more socially conscious one, and he's like, I apologize for him. He's a kaiju groupie. groupie. Yeah. And Newt is annoyed by this. He's like, No, I am just an expert. Like, <laughs> and he says that he would like to meet one up close and in person. <gasps> and Raleigh says, Trust me, <laughs> you, super you don't. don't want yeah. to. And he's like pretty gentle about this. Yeah. Like, he wants to like make it clear, like, oh honey. No, you don't know what you're talking about, but he's not like rude about it. Well, and I think that we can attribute some of that to the voiceover because like he knows that this is a part of like culture, that this whole thing has been trivialized. So like even as a Jaeger pilot before all the shit went down, he was Mm -hmm. having to do probably like talk show movies and and, and toys are being sold and, and he knows that like he's experiencing this different than the vast majority of the rest of the world. Right, and he's like, good natured about it yeah. because that's one of Raleigh's virtues exactly. that he doesn't want to make Newt feel bad. No, not at but all. But he's, he's just he's like, just like, no, you really don't. No, actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you, like you, you wouldn't necessarily know. Yeah. He knows it comes from a place of innocence uh-huh. and he's just like, 
huh. please hold on to that no, innocence no. and don't have no, this happen. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, so they leave the research team. Yeah. And Raleigh is a bit dubious of them. He's yeah. like, so that's the research team. And Pentecost says, well, things have changed. We're not an army. We're the resistance. Yeah. And these big doors open up, and he says, welcome to the Shatter Dome. And they go out onto the main floor, and it's huge. This is gigantic, and just yeah. bustling. There's people everywhere working and moving, yeah. and it's very cool in there. Carrying big, big boxes or whatever, like, yeah. Moving, yeah. Big shiny black floor. Yeah. And Pentecost shows him the war clock um, and explains... That it counts down to the next expected yeah. breach and that the frequency of attacks is accelerating. This is yeah. exponential. So there is a there is a time element to this story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is why we're establishing yeah. the clock. Uh, Shatterdome. So in a space this size, Pentecost used to launch 30 Jaegers. Now they have only four. Four left. We are introduced to them one at a time. Yeah. First, we meet Crimson Typhoon, uh, and we get some specs on it. It's fully titanium. Yeah. Um, it is piloted by the Wei Tang brothers, Chinese triplets. Triplets, yeah. And so they uh, they're all use... playing basketball together. I think when we see them. Yes, they're playing basketball. They uh, defended Hong Kong seven times. Yeah. And they uh, use the a triple arm technique to so because fun. there's three of them yeah. so their jaeger can have three arms three arms it's great it looks very cool yes um yes and they're playing basketball then we see my personal favorite yeah. the last of the t90s cherno alpha this is a Mark One Jaeger. Also, kind of a funky name on that one, a yes. little bit. Well, okay, so obviously, it's—I mean, it's got a cooling tower for a head. Yes, it is hearkening to Chernobyl, but also I think that it may be a nod to the Slavic deity Chernobog. Chernobog, yeah, I was wondering. Which that. is great. Yes, I love that. Yes, very, very cool stuff. It's so imposing. So it's yeah. the heaviest and oldest. Jaeger that they have. Yeah, it's the coolest design out of all of them. So cool. It just looks extremely Soviet. And when we see the the inside later and their Mm -hmm. their headgear and stuff, oh man. It's like brutalism robot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it is piloted by Sasha and Alexis Kaidanovsky. Um, They did perimeter patrol for the Siberian Wall, which was unbreached for six years under their watch. Yeah. And they walk through looking amazing. Very cool. Yeah. I believe that these two, it's not really mentioned in the movie, but I believe that they are meant to be husband and wife. Okay, I wasn't sure. Uh-huh, but they're like... both extremely Russian and extremely blonde, and he has this big beard. They <laughs> look great. Yeah, it makes sense that they would be husband and wife because they have the same name, but they don't look related. No, other frankly. than the blonde, blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that they are a married couple. So their robot is piloted by the power of loving your wife. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. Valid. I think that there's like some effort to make every like drift team feel different. They are all really unique. You've got like triplets, 
You've got a husband and wife. You've got a father and son. And then just best friends. Best friends. BFFs. Exactly. (laughs) Which is another reason why it's important that Raleigh and Mako are not a romantic couple. No. Uh, but yes, the Kaidanovskis look incredible. They're yeah. huge yeah. and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is when we see Herc and Chuck with Max, their bulldog. Yeah. Very cute. And Pentecost calls to them and is like, welcome to Shatterdome, guys. Um, and... The dog comes over to Mako. Yes. <laughs> so and cute. interestingly, the first thing Herc does is he tells Chuck, stay here. Yeah, that's telling, huh? Yes. He's trying to control his son, and he can't be <laughs> controlled. Um, but yes, Mako greets Max, and she loves him very, very yeah. much. And Herc's like, oh, don't slobber on her. Uh, he he sees a pretty girl, and he just goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's cute. It's cute. And and Herc is extremely charming. He's, he's, he's a, a nice person, you mm-hmm. get the sense. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, And Pentecost introduces Herc, but Raleigh and Herc already met. They were working together in a three Jaeger drop team in Manila. Yeah. Uh, and Pentecost tells him about Striker Eureka, their Jaeger. It's the fastest in the world, and it is the only Mark V ever built. Yep. And it will be running point on the mission. And Raleigh's like, yeah, what mission <laughs> what is, is that? Mission? You never told me why I'm here. And Pentecost explains that they are going for the breach. They're going to yep. strap a warhead onto Stryker, and the other Jaegers will be running defense. And Raleigh's like, how did you even get all this stuff? And Pentecost is like, the Russians. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they can get whatever we need. They can get need. us anything. That this was that was the biggest moment where I was like, this this movie's vision of global cooperation is sadly so alien to my brain. Yeah. But it's delightful to witness all the same. One can it's weird to wish you lived in this world. Exactly. That's the weird thing about this movie. Yeah. And I think I agree with you that even when in the time it was made, it was kind of an outlier for its optimism mm-hmm. and that it's only increased mm-hmm. and felt more potent since it came out. Yeah, it feels very aspirational. Yeah. Especially because we have, like, what the main four, like, countries represented are China, Russia. And the United States. The United States and, and Australia. Just because it's also, I mean, it's just, you know, the major nations yeah, exactly. in the Pacific Rim. Yes. That's yeah. That's why that is. But it's just, it's very chill. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, So, Pentecost kind of tra- starts to, like... Leave them, and Mako says that she will show Raleigh to his Jaeger. Yeah. And Raleigh's like, wait, no, no, no. Pentecost, I need to talk to you. Like, you need to explain this situation to me. And Pentecost says, nope, you don't need to know anything. I have a plan. You need to be ready. That is all. Yep. And leaves. And we get a little moment where Chuck gives Raleigh a look. Yeah. A real mean look. Yep. This is our me. This is our Draco Malfoy. Yeah, he's like the only <laughs> asshole in the film. Yeah, everyone else is great in their yeah. way. Yeah, like everyone's like trying to help. Yeah, every everyone is he. Chuck is the only character who's motivated by malice. Right, right? like you know, Newt is is maybe a little bit by pride. Yes, 
but but mostly Certainly. just because and, and he wants to prove that he can help. Yeah, exactly. He wants to prove his like worthiness right, as part of the team. Chuck feels, I think, threatened. Yes. He needs to be the best. Yeah. And he's a dick. Yeah, yeah, he really is. He, I think his assholishness stands out. Because he is just malicious the, all the time. The, the only real asshole in the film. And yeah. like even like Stacker has his reasons for being annoying when right, he's, he's annoying. Right, he's just kind of harsh. Exactly. But he's not cruel. Yeah, he, he everything he does, he believes he's doing it for the best possible reasons. Uh-huh. Chuck is thinking selfishly, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, we've got our science boys that are kind of weird yeah. and awkward, maybe abrasive. Yeah. But, but doing their they're, best. They're not selfish. No. They're actually quite selfless. Exactly. And I think it makes sense that in this movie that's all about like connection. Cooperation. Selfishness yeah. would be the most dickish quality. In yeah, this it's the universe. worst thing you could be. Yes. So um, we cut to Herman with big, big chalkboards, shorthand yeah. for smart man. Yeah. He's doing lots of smart math. He's like gesturing with his cane also. Yes. And in the background, Newt is dissecting Jaeger bits. Kaiju bits. Yes. Jaeger bits. The, all these names. I know. Right? Uh, thank you. Um, so, this, Oh, that reminds me of something hmm. that I did want to say, because I thought you might know. I don't know. In this movie, they say kaijus. Yeah. That's more of sort of an anglicized Anglicized? Ang yeah, thing. an anglicized way of... I was like, you would say just kaiju. Kaiju, yeah. The plural in Japanese would be it's kaiju. just really odd for me to hear. Kaijus. A, yeah. yeah. To hear a Japanese word pluralized it's like It's like that. saying Pokemons. Exactly. <laughs> And these are like scientists and people. And I was just like, is it just because they're not Japanese when they're saying these things? Yeah. 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 It just made me yeah, giggle. It's for an American audience. Fair enough. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. So um, Herman explains that he has figured out that the rate at which the kaiju are speeding up and um, that there will soon be a double event and it will be within... A week. Yeah. Two kaijus yep. <laughs> will Coming appear. at the same time. Yes. Um, and Pentecost is like, well, I need more than a prediction. I need something concrete. Yeah. And uh, Herman is sort of offended by this. And he's like, no, you don't. Like, this is concrete. This is reliable. And he says, numbers are as close as we get <laughs> to the handwriting of God. Which is some... Fucking Guillermo del Toro ass oh. shit right there. Well, and of course we've got Charlie Day in the background to be like, just going like what? What did you just say? It's really funny. Yeah, and Herman's like, shut up. <laughs> I'm making a point. Yep. <laughs> yep. He there says, is a certain kind of dialogue where I'm just like, Guillermo got a little high probably or something. He's, and He's got a little poetic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the only person who's allowed to say those things in this movie and mean them is Stacker. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Otherwise, it does get undercut. Yes. And it's pretty funny. Uh, so he says that, you know, there will be two, and then there will be three, and then there will be four, and Pentecost says, and then we'll be dead. Yeah. And uh, Herman says, yeah, essentially, but good news, the increased traffic through the breach might leave it open to drop the bomb. Right. So this could be... Of use. And this we've, could heard, be a benefit. we've heard at some point that they've tried to drop bombs. And they bounced they've off. They bounced off the side. Yes, they just can't get anything in. Yep. 
Um, and at this point, Newt chimes in. He's like, yeah, 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 that's all great. Um, but you don't have enough information. You need something more concrete. <laughs> Listen, I figured some shit out. Uh, and he explains that the kaiju all look different, and that's why they categorize them differently. Right. But he has figured out. He's, he theorizes that they are all clones. They yeah, are all like genetically identical. Gestures to two... Bits of kaiju bits of guts meat. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, these are exactly the same, even though they came from different looking. Different kaiju years apart. Yes. They, they're they genetically identical. And these are like, clones. Interesting. Yes. What does this mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, And he says that he has a piece of a kaiju brain that is still alive. And it's like in a giant. Big jar. Jar. Big yeah. jar. And it's got like a sucker that's like holding onto the glass, which is so funny to me. Yeah, it's gnarly. Um, And he is like, so I want to try to tap into it. And, and drift with it. Yeah, and they're like, you want to drift with a kaiju brain? And he's like, just a, just a tiny piece of a kaiju brain. <laughs> I love the way he hedges. It's very, yes. very funny. Yes. Um, And Pentecost and Herc are both like, no, the neural surge would be too much. You can't do that. You'll die. Herman, I want your work on my desk. And Newt's like, no, no, you don't understand. I have to do this. And Herman's like, you're insane. Um, They were never going to go with your plan. Um, They won't give you the equipment. And even if they did, you'd kill yourself. Yep. This is for the best. They went with my work because it's better. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> um. And, 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 and Newt's like, well, I'd be a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> He's funny. Um, so we see Mako and Raleigh out on the catwalks in Shatterdome. And Mako says, there she is. Yep. We turn and we see Gypsy Danger. And Raleigh is in awe. Yeah. It's been five years since he's seen mm-hmm. this Jaeger and... He's just amazed. He's, yeah. he's in love with this robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he says that she looks like New, and Mako says she's better than New. Uh, they've given her a, a double core nuclear reactor. Uh-huh. Significant. Yes, this is a significant detail. Um, and at this point, we hear Tendo. He's coming up behind them, yeah. and he's talking shop, solid iron, no alloy. <laughs> and um you know talks about how he souped it all up yep and the boys hug yeah it's and a sweet moment mako watches and she smiles she's she likes to see this she is more and more pleased with yeah. raleigh yeah as she sees who he is uh it's just like old times they're so happy to see each other uh cut to raleigh's bunk Yep. Um, Mako has shown him there, and he's like, so what's your story? Like, why yeah. are you doing all of this stuff, but, like, there's gotta be more to you. You're clearly really capable. Are you a pilot? And she says, no, not yet. But I want to be more than anything. And he's like, well, what's your simulator score? And she says, 51 drops, 51 kills. And he's Ooh. like, wait, like, why so aren't he's you- like, why not? Yeah. Yeah, why, what's going on? Um, why aren't you a candidate? And she's like, well, the marshal has his reasons. And he's like, I guess, but I can't yeah, imagine what they are because you're clearly very talented. Um, at this point, she tells him that she hopes that he approves of the candidates, 
she studied all of his work um, and his fighting style. And he's like, okay, yeah, what do you think? And she says, well, you're unpredictable. You take risks uh, and you endanger yourself and your co-pilot. I don't think you're right for this mission. She yeah, just she, like fully yeah, lays it out. Yeah, she's very matter of fact about she's like, it. Well, you asked. Yeah. Um, and he he's like this. he's like fair enough. Yeah, thank you for your honesty. You might be right, but in combat, you make decisions and you have to live with the consequences, and that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And it's very yeah, genuine interaction. Yeah, she's very honest, and he's very gracious. Mm -hmm. And then she does, I think, feel a little bad because she yeah. does realize, like. This is a seasoned pilot. And, and she's been like studying him academically. But and she's never been in the field. And he's like, I had to make those decisions for reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I don't know about reasons. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, she yeah. feels bad. Um, but also I like it because he's so like persistent that she deserves a chance. He never wavers in this. He He is convinced of this the moment that they meet. Yeah. Because they have the connection. Yeah. But also just because he's a decent human. Right. It's like, clearly you <laughs> yeah. you deserve this. You have worked for this yeah. and you have earned like, this. And no one should be able to tell you you can't have it. As far it. as he knows, all signs point to yes. Like, yeah. yeah. There's This is unjust that she's being deprived yeah. of this. And he's just very charitable in his assumptions, which like you wish more people would be. He's just a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> She's a good boy. Genuinely. Genuinely good. Um, so she is a little bit flustered. She um, goes across the way. Her room is yeah, directly right across, across from his. From his. Very convenient. And she's like, ugh. And she's kind of flustered. And then she turns and sees him and he's changing. He's shirtless. He's shirtless. Fully. Now, the, the reason this moment actually exists is so that she can see the scars on his body. Yes. He's got these very interesting, like, angular like geometric burn scars yeah. on his body from when the jaeger's arm was ripped yeah. off and so you know as an audience well, member we get to see charlie hunnam without his shirt on i do feel like given just like the way that she looks it is a bit of a, like a female gaze moment a little bit but you know like she's it's she like a mix it's like a mix of emotions and i think it's because her performance is so good mm -hmm. that we get the, that she's like whoa his shirt is off and then she's like also like Oh, Whoa, his scars. His like, scars. He's really, he's really been through it. Right. And she's there's sneaking like a peek yeah, as anyone as would. As anyone would. And, <laughs> and, but she's also, there's probably some envy in there because this is like a mark that he's like really experienced things out in the field, which is what she really wants. Right. And, but, but then she's also seeing the scariness of it. Right. This is, there are real consequences yeah. to doing this work. And he has faced them and she can't imagine what that's what like. That's and of like. course, she did just say that she did study what happened in Alaska. So she, so knows, she knows what those scars mean. She knows what it means and yeah. she knows what happened to him and what he went through yeah so uh there's a lot going on yeah. in this moment but um then he turns and sees her looking and she's like Ugh! yeah <laughs> and she closes awkward. the door and immediately goes to the people to, the people to keep watching looking. and yeah. looking at his his scars yeah and that's at that point what the focus is because yes. she's got to get a closer yeah, look definitely i think at the beginning there is there is some element like, of like ooh, 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 oh which is kind of a nice reversal Right, because there's never a moment like that with her. No, not at all. So, um, we cut to later in the control room, uh, Mako and Pentecost, and she tells him that the candidates are ready and that they will commence the trials. Yeah. Whatever those are. And she's like, also one thing, and he's like, no, Mako, 
we've talked about this and we're not going to talk about it again. Um, and she says, no, I should be the one piloting Gypsy Danger with him. Yeah. And he says, no, you have too much, you know, vengeance is not a reason to pilot a Jaeger. You're bringing too much in with you. You can't go into a Jaeger like that. You're not ready. You know, maybe if we had some more time, but we don't, you're too emotional. And it's intriguing. Yeah. And we like that we know that there's more to her story. Something is going on. Maybe more than with, she just withholds wants. it for a while, but yeah. we're we're intrigued now. Mm-hmm. They have a deep history together yes. and she has secret reasons. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh so mess hall. Uh Raleigh is kind of walking in. He's a little disoriented, yep. a little out of place. And Herc comes up and he's like, hey, Raleigh, come sit with, come sit with us. Yeah. And he's already got two trays of food. He's like, come on, come on. Um, and Raleigh's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, no, yeah. I insist. And brings him over to sit down. Uh, and Raleigh's like, oh, you got like real food here. Yeah. He's like, there's a lot of food. You've got yeah. vegetables and stuff. And yeah. He's like. He- yeah. We've got an open port. So we've got, you know beans and potatoes yeah. and the meatloaf's pretty good <laughs> so they're eating well There's no rationing in hong kong and introduces his son chuck and chuck is immediately an asshole yeah like right away off the fucking bat yeah um yeah he's just being a total dick and he's like so it's been what five years since you piloted what have you been doing all this time and raleigh's like and he's calling him ray this whole time and raleigh's like i was actually working in construction and chuck's like oh great so if we got a big kaiju in front of us you can just build it to death and he's just like being a total fucking ass and like Herc doesn't even say anything because he just like at this point has given up on his yeah. asshole son. Yeah. Um, he's just leaving him to it. He's an adult. Yeah. Um and Chuck says that guys like Raleigh brought down the Jaeger system, the Jaeger program. Ugh. That it's his fault that it's Ugh. shut down. And he Terrible. leaves like a dick with the dog. Yep. And Herc's like, yeah, uh, sorry about that. That's probably my fault. I raised him on my own. I did my best. Yeah. But he's kind of a shithead. Yep. Uh, he said, you know, I, I, I never knew whether to give him a hug or a kick in the ass. And Raleigh says, with respect, sir, I'm pretty sure which one he needs. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. What a That's line. like, and it's like the exact yeah. way for Raleigh to say something mean. Exactly. Yeah. He says it in the most polite way. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Oh, that's very funny. And sassy. Love it. Yes. Okay. We are now in sort of a dojo. Yeah. And we get the card saying candidate trials. Yep. Oh, 600 hours. Okay. And we see Raleigh sparring with man after man. He's yep. just taking them down one by one. They're using like staffs. Staffs, and they're on a point system, a four-point yes. system. Um, a point and, being a hit. Yes. And Mako is the one keeping the score. Yes. And we do see her looking kind of disapprovingly at the proceedings. And he's winning every single He's winning fight. every, handily. Yes. Um, and she, you know, calls another fight and Raleigh's like, okay, 
what's going on? Like, yeah. you're making a face, yeah, he, and I want you to- He fully calls her out on it. A hundred percent. And it's kind of funny the way he yeah. does. He's like, you make a little- face yeah <laughs> like, kind of like yeah mimics it's really it. funny it's quite cute it's good because you know that he's like very they're very attuned to each other uh -huh. right so he's just like you have to tell me what's happening with you exactly, right now yeah why are you what is this face for <laughs> and you know are you like you picked these guys like so what's your problem with them and she's like no it's i'm not critical of their performance i'm critical of your performance and he's like what and he's like she says you could have taken all of them at least two moves earlier yeah. And he's like, really? Well, why don't you show me how it's done? And Pentecost is like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> like, half of what Pentecost does in this movie is say no. To letting Mako do things. <laughs> or just generally, you know, he's yeah. like, don't do that. Don't go over there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> don't do yeah. things, everyone. Stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> um, I and feel like most of the characters in this movie have this just sort of tacit understanding that they're gonna disobey him when they need to uh-huh and like he knows it too yeah because he there's even a moment later where like he gives raleigh a look about someone else doing this yeah. kind of like well you wouldn't know about that yeah, wouldn't exactly. you <laughs> um but it's so cute when raleigh's like well then come on you you fight me and she immediately looks up at pentecost like can i like yeah well, <laughs> like this look on her face she's like oh please when pentecost <laughs> says no He's sort of, because at first he's challenging her, mm -hmm. but then as soon as like somebody else is saying she can't, he's like, no, let her fight. Uh -huh. And he's totally on her side, even though he's like on her side about, yeah, let her fight me. Yes. Well, and what he says later about the fighting yeah. sort of plays into that. But exactly. yeah, Mako is just like pleading. She's like, please, I just, just please let me do this. And Pentecost is like, no, it's, it's, you're not compatible. It's not just... You know, it's a, a physical compatibility too. Uh, and he's like making excuses. Yeah, kind of like terrible ones. Frankly. Yeah, he's just caught off guard yeah. and he doesn't really know what to say other and, than because I said so. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a good reason. Until Raleigh like figures out the relationship between the two of them, I think that he probably does think that Pentecost just has like weird reasons uh -huh. for not wanting her to He's prejudiced compete. in some way it, or like sexist or something. Cause yeah. some of the stuff he says could kind of be read that way. Right. Um, and, and so and Raleigh's in a, and in a normal, like military training story, that's the kind of tropes we would deal with. Right. And so it becomes a much more wholesome situation. Exactly. And that's the movie that we're in. Yes. But Raleigh's like, I thought she was your best and brightest. So yeah. uh, and Pentecost <laughs> is like, Fine. Yeah, he can't come up with a good excuse. <laughs> right? To the whole room. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's because it's like, you don't have a good enough reason. Right. So, so... And I think that he's a little embarrassed. Yeah. Because he did say that she's the best they've got. And he's like, well, then, if she's the best, then, then come on. Yeah, and Pentecost why is like, you let her do this? I guess so. Fine. Um, And she gets into the ring, and it's really great. We see her, like, put yeah. her boots down. And it's she really steps cool. in. Um, and Raleigh says to her, remember, this is a dialogue, not a fight. We're, we're matching each other, but I'm not going to dial down my moves. And she says, okay, then neither will Why? I. Yeah. Because they're great. And they take their stances and it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and immediately Raleigh takes the first point. Yeah. She doesn't even move. And they're like, okay. But then Mako takes... 
the next, next one, one pretty quickly. One. Yep. Um, and they just keep going back and forth. It lasts just a little bit longer each time. Raleigh takes yeah. third point. Um, and he says, concentrate. Uh, he's like, come on, you can do this. Yeah. I know you can do this. It's really great. Like they're fighting it's very each other. Elegant. Yeah. Yeah. But like, the, it's kind of fun and playful. Yeah. And he the whole time he's like, you can do this. Come on. Yeah. It's it becomes more and more collaborative. It's which great because it's a dialogue. Yeah. Um. So they fight a little longer, and Mako takes the next point, and she says, "Better watch it." And it's super cute. <laughs> yeah. She's so cute. <laughs> She's everything. She's um, delightful. They fight for a while longer. Great moves. Just very, very cool. She takes another. So that's two in a row. They're at three, two. Yeah. And Pentecost says, uh, Miss Mori, more control. He's like kind of rooting for her yeah. now. Because he's like, you can do better yeah, than Yeah, he's this. getting kind of into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm, because she is good. And this is yeah. right. He's just afraid. Exactly. Um... They fight again. Raleigh takes the next point. They're 3-3. Three, three. So this is the final point. <laughs> and they go all out. Yeah. It's great. It's beautiful. Um, and then she gets him in a lock. Yeah. And Pentecost calls, enough. And Raleigh's like, yep, enough. She's the one. She's my co-pilot. <laughs> and Pentecost is like, no. no. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what? Uh, and Pentecost says, no, you're going to report to Shatterdome in two hours to find out who your co-pilot is. I've seen enough. Bye. Eek, eek. And Mako just looks crushed. Yeah. And Chuck is very smug. Yeah, terrible stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and we go out into the corridor where their bunks are. And Raleigh kind of like tr chases Mako down. And he's like, okay, you felt that, right? Yeah. Like that was that was a yes. What's the problem here? Like, and he's kind of like, you don't have to take this. Yeah, from, he's like, what is Pentecost's like, problem? Like, yeah. why is that going on? Um, and she says, no, there's nothing to talk about. The major made his decision, or the marshal made his decision, and she turns and tries to go in the door, and yeah. he's like, that's my room, and she's <laughs> like, oh, and she scurries yeah, over to her door. Moment. Um, and he's like, I thought you wanted to be a pilot. You know, we don't have to just obey him. And right. she says, it's not obedience, it's respect. Uh, it's an important scene because you're kind of like, oh, she's going along with this because of some other. Mm -hmm. And it does show what he can learn from her. Right. You know, yeah. he's teaching her a lot. And, yeah. you know, he is the experienced pilot and she is the trainee. Yeah. But she has... Stuff that he doesn't have. Exactly. And that's important to kind of equalize them. Mm -hmm. And she can stand up to him. Exactly. And and like rationalize her choices. Mm -hmm. And he's a little taken aback by this. Yeah. But he's like, can you tell me what his problem is? And she doesn't answer and she just goes in the door. Yeah. Um, and we see Pentecost alone in the elevator. Yeah. And we see his shoes. And blood drip, drip, drips on his yeah. shoe. He has a nosebleed. And he takes a pill. Yep. Very brief. Yeah. Um, we see the news. Um, people are protesting after the wall failure in Australia, um, questioning why the Jaeger program has been discontinued. Yep. Um, people have been relocated inland, away from the coasts, for their safety. 
uh, in certain places, at least. Not right. in Hong Kong. No, I guess not. <laughs> there still seem to be many, many people there. It's pretty bustling. But certain places, um, people have been relocated inland. Um, we see Raleigh in his bunk, um, and he's looking at a picture of Yancey. And it's sort of a moment where he's like, okay, time to get a new co-pilot. Yeah. Yeah, him sort of moving on from his grief is way more matter-of-fact than I yeah. thought it would be. <laughs> but he's been grieving for five years. Five years, yeah. You know, he's it's this is hard, but it's time. It's time. It's time yeah. to move forward in his life. We sort of zip past all of that. Yes, he, he was running for five years, and now he's facing it again. Yeah. And he's ready. It's yes. hard, but he's ready. Yes. And I, I do like that it's not belabored. He doesn't have to exactly. throw a fit about it. Exactly. He's, he's healthy about it's it. It's very matter-of-fact. Exactly. Yeah, like it still hurts and, you know, he's still mourning, but he's mourning healthily. Yes. Uh, in the lab, Newt is doing the experiment yeah. anyway. Um, he's like doing a voice recorder. Yeah. He's, he's, he's doing the, the Jaeger or the Kaiju, Kaiju drift. drift. And he says, well, you know, this probably isn't even going to work. Chances are the brain's too deteriorated, but I have to try. <laughs> so on an unscientific note, uh, Herman, either I'm alive, haha, I won, it worked, or I'm dead and it's your fault, so I also won. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> and he looks a little nervous. Yes. Like uh, the machine he's constructed is so funny. It's so junky and there's silly. Like, there's like one of those like things that you used to like hmm? you, you press and the air goes into the fire whatever oh like those bellows yes there's yeah. one of those and it's, it's like going looks, up and down and it's, it's really silly. silly yeah it's great uh <laughs> um so he kind of like suits up in his yeah. fashion and he's like okay three two one starts it and he drifts with yep. the brain um, we see some of his memories, and then we see memories of the kaiju being made, and we see some other beings some there. Sort of, yeah, they're kind of insectoid. They look a little. They're a bit mantis. They're definitely more humanoid than the kaiju. Well, in certain ways, I mean, they've got a very insect-like yes. shape to them. They look like they're more intelligent. Yes, creatures. they're clearly more intelligent. They are the ones making the kaiju. They're that more much like is clear. Insect alien creature things. Yes, they look a little bit mimicky. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut back to the lab. He is on the ground, seizing, um, and Herman finds him and yeah. turns off the. Machine. And he's like, what have you done? What have you done? <laughs> he's great. Oh, Burn. Uh, I love Burn Gorman I being know, posh. Right? He's so good at it. It's he's so... very he's very funny about it. Yeah. And like, and I just haven't seen much of him doing I that know, other than this. And but it's, he's really good at it's it. It's quite funny. <laughs> uh so Raleigh exits his room to the corridor and he goes to Mako's door. And he deliberates and he's gonna knock. And then he turns and leaves. And she sort of looks like she... She's anticipating yeah. him. And she's cute. She's wearing a little cardigan. Yeah. She's very All cute. All of her outfits in this movie are great. She's just she's just great. Um, but we see her inside sitting kind of like yeah. expectantly. And there's a knock. And she gets up kind of excited, opens it, and it's Pentecost. And she's yeah. immediately like... Oh, yep. Uh, I changed my demeanor. <laughs> and he's, he 
bows to her. They're yeah. very Japanese about this. Yeah. He bows to her and asks, may I come in? Yeah. And then just enters. Enters without waiting for her response. Because, of course, the answer is yes. Of course. Um, And he faces her and he takes something out. And it's a little red shoe. Yeah. A little child's shoe. Mm -hmm. It's a very cute shoe. Yeah. And he says, uh, once I made you a promise, get ready. Aww. Aww. Uh, we're in the control room. Uh, and... Cool music is happening. Cool music! <laughs> um, we are told, gypsy danger, trial run, 0800 hours. Yeah. Um, Tendo is running things, doing his thing, um, and Raleigh is in the cockpit waiting for his co-pilot in the Jaeger. And he he's just like, mm, okay, like, yeah. who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And we hear the uh, AI voice say, second pilot on board. And he's kind of awkward. Like, he's like... He doesn't even look to see yeah, who he it is. He just look, starts talking. Because he's just like, this is hard for him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's disappointed that it's not his choice. Right. And it's hard because he's finally replacing Yancey. Yeah. And he says, yeah, I'm going to take the right side. My left arm is kind of shot. And Mako says, sure. <laughs> and he's like, oh! it's you. <laughs> it's you. And yeah. they smile. And she's like, well, are you going to say anything? And he says, there's no point. You're going to be in my head in about two minutes. And it's so cute. Yeah. They're just like, oh boy, yeah. we're doing this. And they're both just equally excited to be there. Yeah. And he like tells her that she looks good. Yeah. Yeah. In like a very matter of fact, cool way. Yeah. In like a friendly, like in a, this is where you should yeah, be like, kind this of is way. The right like place for this you. suits you. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. That line could go so wrong and it doesn't. It doesn't feel yeah. sexual or, no. you know, he's just like, you look good. Yeah. yeah she does. She, she really does. Like, yeah, this is, you do belong in yeah. this. Uh, initiating neural handshake. Uh, yeah. And Raleigh starts talking her through how this is going to go. Yes. Uh, he tells her, you know, you're going to go through a lot of your memories. Just let them pass through you. Don't chase the rabbit. These are just memories. Um, and they they begin to drift. Uh, he tells her, you know, the, the dr just stay in the drift. The drift is silence. Yeah. So it's, it's like Zen. It's like meditation. Yes. Where you just sort of let thoughts pass through you and let them go and you return to your center. Yeah. I love it. Um, so yes, we, they begin the drift. We see their memories. Yep. Um, they calibrate. We see little Mako. Yeah. In this. And we just briefly see the scene of her in the street. Yep. Um, Very briefly. And they move in unison. It's great. Yeah. Suddenly, Herman <laughs> runs into the control room. Yep. Pentecost is like, not right now, yeah. Dr. Gottlieb. And he says, Newton created a neural bridge from garbage and drifted with a kaiju. <laughs> and they're like, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's you're a lot. right. Yep. You're right. This does require our attention. <laughs> We cut to Newt, and he's sitting in a chair, and he's bleeding from the nose and shaking and yeah. drinking a glass of water. Yeah. He's in total shock. There's so many dramatic nosebleeds in this film. All nosebleeds, all the all time. All the time. It's a great move. Yes. Um, And Pentecost comes in like, uh, 
And Newt's like, I told you it would work. Uh, and Pentecost <laughs> is like, yes, you did. Okay, what did you see? And Newt's like, it was just like a series of images, like impressions, like when you blink your eyes and you just see. And he's like, okay, just take a breath. Look Give at me. me. details. Take your time and be very specific. Pentecost is extremely patient with him here. Yeah. Like a lesser. He just had a crazy experience. Yeah. A lesser character would be impatient. Yeah. But he's not. He's like, okay, I understand this is extremely traumatic, but I know that this is important. And like, he, yeah. they both know because he's like, you did this so that we could learn something. So we're going to, we're just going to take as much time as you yeah. need and you're going to communicate to me what happened. He's, he's great. He's a yeah. good dad. Yeah, he is. He's a he good is. dad. Yes. In his way. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Newt communicates that he believes that the kaiju are under orders from masters. And Herman's like, that's fucking stupid. What are you talking (laughs) about? And they start arguing and Pentecost is like, shut up. You shut up. You keep talking. Uh, cause he needs to split these bickering boys up. Yeah. And... Newt explains that these masters are colonists. Um, apparently they were here before and that was the dinosaurs. Just a very brief little mention. I'm yeah. not sure what they mean by that. Uh, that killed the dinosaurs? Well, yeah, he's well, he says that like they were here before. That they was were the, the dinosaurs. Di- no, he says that was the dinosaurs. So does he mean that it was literally the dinosaurs or that was the extinction event? I think that he says that the, I think that he's trying to say that they were literally the dinosaurs because he says that like the atmosphere wasn't conducive yet. And I think that he's implying that that was what we interpreted as the extinction of the dinosaurs. Okay. Because I read it differently. I read it as they, they came here and they caused the extinction of the dinosaurs, but they did not stay because the atmosphere was wrong. I just, I, I made that assumption because of something he says later comparing Kaiju anatomy to the anatomy of a mm-hmm. dinosaur. Because, I mean, I guess if if he is implying what you've read him to be implying, and it makes sense contextually that he might be saying that, it doesn't really make any logical sense. Because no, the no. dinosaurs lived for a, long a time, really long yeah. time. So that's why I'm like, oh, they were the extinction event and didn't stay. I assumed that they went extinct for the reasons he is talking about. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't but really matter. Doesn't it doesn't really have much bearing in the fil- on the no. film as a whole? This whole scene. <laughs> but essentially, something about the dinosaurs. Yes. But the atmosphere was wrong. Yeah. But through years and years of pollution, they've basically terraformed the earth. Yeah. Uh, Such a potent idea, never brought up again. Right. Um, like this whole thing happened because of human-induced climate change. Yep. That's that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, the category one through four kaijus were just small fry. The next wave is going to be extinction. Yes. Um, and Pentecost needs him to do it again. He needs him to drift again. And it's like, I can't. Like, the brain's fried unless yeah. you have a fresh kaiju brain lying around. And Pentecost kind of like, Looks at, and he's Gives like, do little, you? Do you? That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cute. It's very funny. Um, back to Gypsy Danger. 
everyone is happy. It's going well. Uh, They're they're like, all right, they did it. And Chuck's like, yeah, they powered it on. And Herc's like, shut up, show respect. (laughs) He's, Raleigh is the, there's only one other pilot who was able to get a Jaeger, pilot a Jaeger alone. So fucking shut up. (laughs) Puts him in his place. Uh, Back in the lab, Pentecost tells the science boys about Hannibal Chow. Yeah. Who runs the kaiju black market in Asia, which I have to say is quite a large territory. I was going to say, that's like a lot. of Asia. But of course, kaiju events are, you know, few and far between. So it's like he, every time a kaiju comes up in Asia... That's his property. That's his deal. So it's- Yes. Um, apparently Chow helped them with some funding at one point. And, and, and made- in return, they, they like gave him the rights to... Kaiju carcasses in Asia. And the science boys are like, you did? You, you made that yeah. deal? Like, it's it almost sounds like... Like they knew about it. But, but they're they like, that was know. you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But no, it does make more sense to think about it that way because I too was like, that is a large distribution network for mm-hmm. one man. But I guess it's more like whenever a kaiju turns up there, it's up to him to dispose of it. Right. It, he, he's he got dibs on it. Right. Um, And then disseminating it throughout the area. Sure. So, you know. And that makes more sense. Yeah. Seems more manageable of a job. Uh, he gives Newt this red card and directions and tells him go here follow this card find hannibal chow don't Don't trust trust him him. important (laughs) yes uh back to gypsy calibration is complete when suddenly raleigh starts remembering yancey yeah and he slips out of alignment um and then he manages to come back he stabilizes but at this point, it's too late. Mako is way out of alignment. Yep. She's, she's chasing, gone. chasing the rabbit, yes. as they say. He's trying to talk her through. Yep. You know, Mako, it's just a memory. Come back. It's okay. I'm right here. But she is gone. She's yeah. completely gone. There's like a cool edit where- There's a very cool transition. Yeah. We see her face and it's kind of dark behind her and it begins to snow. Yeah. And we turn. She starts walking. She's walking down the street and she's holding the little red shoe. Yeah. And then we cut to little Mako. She's yeah. probably like six. Something like that. Really, really young. And she's in this little blue coat. Yeah. And she's carrying one of her little shoes and she's just crying. Yep. She's just walking down the street completely alone, just rubble all yeah. around her. And she's just crying her eyes out. She's so alone. She's so afraid. Yeah. This little girl, this performance. She did such a good performance. Breaks my heart. Yeah. She's so cute. Yeah. She's just this beautiful little girl and she's just crying so Basically hard. Basically the whole time that she's on screen, yeah. She's very good. Um, And she's calling for mama. Yeah. Uh, And jets fly over and she's terrified. Shoot yep. at this kaiju that's behind her down the street. Yeah, pretty close. It's too close for yeah. comfort. Um, And it's like a big crab. Yeah. Um, And she runs. It's on the move. It's, you know, being slowed by the buildings because it's wider than the street. And she's just running as fast as her little legs can go. And she's just crying and crying and running and running. And she, like a smart little girl, ducks down an alley alley, and hides behind a dumpster. 
more movie characters need to know how to run laterally. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to run the length. Yep. Run laterally. Especially if you're running away from something really, really huge, right? <laughs> Lateral. Yes. Uh, and she's hiding behind a dumpster, and Raleigh is there in the alley with yeah. her. And he says, Mako, this is just a memory. It's okay. You're not really here. This isn't real. And she just can't hear him. Yep. Uh, big footsteps. Uh, there is such a perfect moment. We see, we're like close up on this little Mako, and then there's yeah. a big boom, and she jumps and drops the shoe. Yeah. It's such a moment. Like, it's so authentic. Seriously. Um, Big, big footsteps, and it is just right there at the mouth of the alley, and it's trying to get in. Yeah. Um, and she's freaking out. She screams. She puts up her arms. Oh, yeah. And back in Shatterdome. It's a good cut. She is powering up the plasma cannon. And they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And people- It's like right there in the building. In the building, pointed directly at the control center. Yeah. And people start running for cover. Um, the Kaidanovskis just kind of coolly saunter away because yeah. they're above running for cover. Yep. <laughs> they will make their own way out in their own time. Yes. Um, and they're like, uh, turn it, shut it down, shut it down. The failsafe isn't responding. What, what's going on? She's too powerful. Right. <laughs> Her trauma's too strong. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Oh, <laughs> um, it doesn't make, it does it makes exactly as much sense as it needs to. Right, exactly. Um, if anything, they try to explain it a little too hard. Right. Um, Raleigh is still just trying to talk her down. Yeah. And he's being really good about oh, yeah, it, but yeah. she just can't hear him. Yeah, at all. Everyone is running for cover. Tendo tells everyone to clear out of the control center. Yep. And he and Herc try to disconnect the power, the They're main power line. They're literally just going to pull the plug. They have to. Yeah. Um, and back in Mako's memory, um, she's cowering in the alley. And then a Jaeger is being flown in. We just see its yeah. feet like up in the sky. Um, and the fight begins. We don't see it, but we hear it. And Mako, just a little close up on her little face, and she's just cowering yeah, she, like, and holding her ears. her ears, and she's just screaming and crying, and yeah. she's so scared. Ah, uh, <laughs> Mako. Um, back in the lab, Tendo finally pulls the power, and the Jaeger powers down. Yep. Um, Raleigh climbs out of his harness and catches Mako as she starts to fall, and he just holds her on the floor. Yeah, it's very sweet. It's really sweet. Um, he's like, "It's okay. You're you're we're, you're back. It was just a memory. Everything's all right." He's a good boy. Yeah, he's a good friend. Yeah. Cut to neon <laughs> signs. <laughs> we we're told that we're in the bone slums. The bone slums, Hong Kong. It's very colorful. Yes. It's very cool. It looks yes. like an exciting place to be. It's jam-packed yeah. with people. It looks fun. Very crowded. Ah, remember being in crowded places. Oh my god. I'm not much for crowds, no. but I gotta say, I, I at this I'm point, starting to I'd take yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Just <laughs> to be out and about. Yeah. Out and about. Have things happen. People around. I know, right? Imagine. I would I'm not one for crowds, but I agree. One gets the taste for it every after, once in a after while. enough months of this, yes. Uh, Newt is there, and he is wandering around trying to figure out how to find Hannibal Chow. He is at the street corner he was told to go to. Um, he shines a little black light on the yeah. card, and it's got this cool kind of... like Symbol on uh, it, yeah, yeah. like a face, like mm -hmm. a monster face. 
Um, and he's looking around and then he shines his light on this street sign and it has the same symbol with a little arrow pointing. And he's like, oh yeah. And he follows it um, and follows it to an apothecary and outside the shop, another little black light symbol. Uh, blade too much. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, and there's some like shady looking mobster types yes. lurking outside in the nighttime with sunglasses on. <laughs> also very blade too. <laughs> <laughs> and Newt enters the shop and one of the shady guys like follows him in. Yeah. Um, and the guys behind the counter try to sell him kaiju bone powder and for, for male potency. Yeah, well, and it's funny because like this the one the apothecary that's talking to him is like seems to be Mexican. Yeah. Which is really interesting because they're in they're Hong Kong. They're in Hong Kong. Kong, yeah. But yeah, he's like, I take it myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, wait, what? why would I buy kaiju bone powder? He's like, oh, for male potency. And, yeah. And, and he like kind of like cartoonishly like puffs up his chest. Uh, Muy macho. It's very um, funny. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of funny because Newt's just like, what? And then he hears, he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's nice. Anyway. He's like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. He's just very curious. And then he's like, ah, that. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm looking for Hannibal Chow. And the guy's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Barrier to entry, very easy. He just has to ask. He shows him the paper also. Right. Um, But there's no, like, vetting process or anything. It's just like, well, good luck. And he opens up this, like, hidden yeah. door in the wall. And this room is just full of kaiju yeah, specimens. Yeah, everywhere. Uh, and Newt is just amazed. He's like, oh, yes. shit, that's a skin parasite? I, those always die. Like, what do you... Blah, blah. <laughs> and the skin parasite is so funny It's like a cute. big louse. Yeah. And it's, like, actually practical. Yeah, it's like, a squirmy so little guy. And it's really funny because it's just, like, this, this like animatronic little creature. Yeah, and he's just amazed by all this stuff. Um, but he's like, what? I, they, those always die right away. Yeah. How do you... And we hear a voice say, you have to soak them in ammonia. <laughs> and he turns and it's Ron, Ron Perlman. This is clearly Hannibal Chow. We haven't this is not confirmed yet, but yeah. like Yeah. And my my first thought was, "Whoa, Ron Perlman." And my second thought was, "Why is Ron Perlman playing a character whose last name is Chow?" And then we will find we'll out. We'll find out. So He has gold shoes. Very cool, jangly shoes and funky sunglasses and a bright red suit with a yellow tie he's he's the flashiest mobster i've ever seen it's perfect uh-huh really cool and um, mostly i'm just like whoa ron perlman yes and he's like what do you want and uh you know what what do you want i want to see uh you know are you uh hannibal Chow, well, who wants to know? Yeah. And Newt says, I can't say. And Ron Perlman pulls out a blood or butterfly knife. And just like, sticks it up yeah. his nose. Does the cool flipping around butterfly knife thing, sticks yeah. it up his nose, and he's like, ah, Pentecost sent me. And she pulls it out of Newt's nose, and he's like, oh, shit, my nose. Yeah. Um, And he's like, okay, so obviously you're Hannibal Chow. And he's like, yeah, do you like the name? <laughs> It's, I named myself after my favorite historical character and my second favorite Szechuan restaurant in Brooklyn, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Pretty damn funny. Pretty good. And he asks him what he wants. Uh, 
out in the corridor at Shatterdome. Uh, <sighs> so Raleigh and Mako are kind of waiting in yeah, the hallway, listening to <laughs> listening to Chuck yell at Pentecost, yeah. which is crazy. He's furious. He's like, "Those two are yeah. going to get us all killed. They're not fit for combat. This is a disgrace." Um, and Chuck is sent out of the room. Yep. Herc's like, stay there. He's angry dad mode. Yep. Um, he's like, I'm gonna take care of this. And they close the door again. And Chuck comes out. He's like, oh, great to see you guys. You fucking assholes. This is all your fault. You're a menace. You're a danger to all of us. Um, and he's especially given it to uh, Raleigh. And yeah. Mako's like, hey, you can't talk to him like that. And Raleigh's like, no, Mako, don't. And uh, Chuck says, yeah, you you know, shut her up. One of you bitches needs a leash. And Raleigh immediately punches Punches him in the face. He's like, that's it. I'm I'm not playing nice anymore. Um, And he says, apologize to her. And and he's like, no. (laughs) Uh, And so Raleigh kicks his ass oh yeah handily yeah he is the better fighter yeah raleigh is absolutely a better fighter like there's no question chuck has the fancier robot yeah but he's not on the same level fighting wise nope completely beats his ass um and then hercules breaks it up he's like what the fuck is going on out (laughs) here uh and they're like, this is done. This is over. And Raleigh's like, okay. And like steps back and like Chuck is going to like, like, and Herc has to like hold him back. And he's like, no, this is over. You're coming with me. And Pentecost is there. And he's like, Beckett, Maury, come into my office. It's their turn to be in trouble. Yup. And Hercules yells at Chuck. (laughs) Yup. His shitty son. Um, and in Pentecost's office, Raleigh's like, sir, this was my mistake. I'm the one who desynced first. And Pentecost says, no, it was my mistake. I should never have let you into that Jaeger together. Oof. And Raleigh's like, what? So are you grounding us? And he says, no, I'm not grounding you. I'm grounding her. (laughs) And Mako is just crushed and she stands and she says, permission to be dismissed, sir. And he looks at her quite tenderly. Yeah. And he says, permission granted, Miss Maury. Like he, it's that like, this hurts me more than it hurts yeah. you kind of thing. Uh-huh. Or he, and she's trying not to cry. She's trying not to cry. She's trying to be, you know, the good and dutiful soldier. Yeah. And he's like, I, I hate taking your dreams away from you. But this is, you know, I'm scared. Yeah. And so it's, oh, it's such a moment. They're yeah. both just acting the hell out yeah, of it. Yeah, absolutely. And Raleigh's like, no, Mako, don't. And she just leaves. And he's like, you know, arguing with Pentecost. Like, what are you going to do? What are your other options? You know, just like let, right. completely losing all sense of like decorum. Yep. And Pentecost says, don't let my calm demeanor fool you, Ranger. <laughs> yep. Don't test me right now, yep. son. Uh, he says, Mako's too inexperienced. And Raleigh says, that's not why you grounded her. I saw everything. <laughs> I, saw I, was, thing. I was in her head. I yep. know what this is now. Yep. Um, and we go back 
into Mako's memory. Yeah, finally. <laughs> uh, Ma- little Mako in the alley cowering as the fight's going on. Terrible, terrible sounds. Yeah. And then it all stops. And she very slowly turns and she goes out into the street and the kaiju is dead. Yeah. And she's just so tiny. She's so small. Um, And she turns and she sees a Jaeger powering down. It is silhouetted by the sun. And she just stares up at it in awe. And Raleigh is there watching her. And Pentecost climbs out of the cockpit. And she is in complete awe of him. Yeah. And she smiles yeah. up at him. And he looks down and he sees and her. And he smiles too, mm-hmm. huh? And we're back in Pentecost's office. And Raleigh says, I know what she means to you. Uh, and Pentecost, he's like, I don't want to have this conversation. Yeah. He exits the office. He's walking down the corridor. And Raleigh's like, no, I know. Like, you you care about her and you want to protect her. Um, and grabs Pentecost's oh. arm to hold him there. And Pentecost just turns like, what the what did fuck you did you just do? do? Like, like, excuse the whole, me. The whole tone of the scene shows you this was not an appropriate thing for him Completely, to have done. Like, Pentecost is putting up with a lot from him right now. Yeah. Like, Raleigh is behaving very inappropriately based on their ranks. Yeah. But that was too Too much, far. yeah. Uh, and... Raleigh says, you rescued her, you raised her, but now you're holding her back. And Pentecost says, one, don't you ever touch me again. Two, don't you ever (laughs) touch me again. He says, you don't know anything about me. You don't know my life. All you need to know is that I am a fixed point. I don't need your sympathy. I don't need your pity. I need your compliance and your fighting skills. And if I can't get that, then you can go back to the wall that I found you crawling on. Do I make myself clear? And Raleigh, kind of, he's cowed. Yeah. And he kind of nods. He doesn't... He, oh, yeah. And Pentecost turns, and he puts points his to his, his ear. ear like, I can't hear you. Yeah. And Raleigh says, yes, sir. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Pentecost is like, I will not tolerate this disrespect anymore. Yep. I am in charge here and you do not get to tell me. Yep. And he gets on the elevator. It's really harsh. Yeah, it's heavy. <laughs> heavy moment Uh uh-huh but of course we know pentecost is gonna come around because he does of course (laughs) this is just that kind of movie honestly (laughs) like he's just a dad who cares a whole lot and doesn't know what to do about his feelings exactly so um raleigh goes into the mess hall and he's looking around and people are like whispering and just staring at him. Yeah. He goes in. It's so awkward. Everyone is just completely Everyone silent and totally just quiet. looking yeah, at him. And he's like, really awkward. Oh no. And Mako comes in on the other end of the mess yeah. hall and they're both just like, yeah. And we hear a voiceover. It's, it's like a voiceover transition. Yeah. And he's saying, I'm sorry, I should have warned you. Um, and they're sitting on the catwalk eating and, like looking at Gypsy. Yeah. Um, 
And he's like, you know, I should the, drifting for the first time is really hard. And, you know, this is my fault for not preparing you correctly. Um, you know, you weren't just getting into my head. You were getting into, into Yancey's memories, too. Um, and he tells her about the fact that they were still connected yeah. when Yancey died. Um, and he felt it. He felt yeah, everything. It's really um, And then he was gone. And uh, she's like, yeah, I felt it. I know. And like, imagine that. Like, not only, you know, being in the position right. of like, having this experience of being in someone's head when they died. But, but then to have, well, to some, have... Someone else experienced that through your memory through your memories, But then to have someone, like, imagine having someone completely understand no, yeah. you yeah like, to that extent it's hard to imagine you right can, there is no hu existing human connection exactly. like that to be like i felt what ultimate yeah. empathy yeah exactly like, i know exactly what you felt because yeah. i felt it solidifies their bond mm -hmm. right in a way that we can't even fully comprehend yeah um and he tells her that the hardest part is the silence um and to let someone some to let someone in you have to trust them and their drift was strong. And they smile yeah. at each other. And they're like, you know, knowing like no matter what happens, no matter yeah. if we, we can pile it together or not, this was a good thing. Yeah. And, we and have now they have that bond mm -hmm. forever. Forever. Like, yeah. They went through that together. Um, and uh, back in the background, the workers are like taking off Gypsy's chassis. Yeah. Um, and Mako says her heart When's the last time you saw it? And we can see this like radioactive yeah. glow inside uh, Gypsy's chest. And he's like, a long, long time ago. Um, back in the control center, Tendo is carrying four coffee cups yeah. simultaneously. Um, and then some alarm starts going off. And there's this huge readout on this like... It, they they look like Richter scales. Yes. Like it's just like these needles um, yeah. measuring something. Huge readout. And the AI tells us that this is a double event. There are two signatures. Category four. Oof. The first double. Mm-hmm. The first double event. And we see the breach opening and kaiju emerging. Yeah. Uh, everyone's going into the control room. Uh, Tendo is briefing them. It's 2,300 hours. Two kaiju have come out. They're codenamed Otachi and Leatherback. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, they will be in Hong Kong within the hour. So Pentecost says they're going to shut down the city, get everyone into a refuge. Uh, he's sending in Crimson Typhoon and Cherno Alpha to the Miracle Mile. Yep. Stryker is going to hang back at the coastline just in case, but he they will be a final option because they need... They have to be the ones to drop the bomb. Yes. Stryker is yep. the only Jaeger that can drop the payload, apparently. It's the only Mark V Jaeger is what they say at yes, some point. Yes, but it's not clear why no, that makes it qualified in a way that others aren't. It seems less qualified in certain ways. We will find out later. Yeah. <laughs> Strange. But, um... Raleigh and Mako stay put. Yeah, brutal. Mm-hmm. Everyone moves into action. They're doing their thing. Yeah. They're lifting uh, Crimson uh, and Cherno into the Miracle Mile. 
Stryker gets into position on the coastline, dropping the Jaegers. They're marching yep. through the sea. It's all very cool. Yep. Um, back in Hong Kong, we see this temple made out of a kaiju skull yeah. with these cool looking like worshippers, like monks outside. Yes. And we hear Hannibal Chow say that these worshippers think that the kaiju were sent from heaven, that they're God's punishment. Very Evangelion. Yeah. <laughs> Hannibal is not about it at all. He's no, just like, these he people are dumb. And yeah, that's can the you last believe we it? ever see of them. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They just show up yeah. for Hannibal to insult. Um, uh, Newt and Hannibal are on this like balcony on this yes. high-rise building. Um, and Newt's like, well, what do you think? And he's like, I think that kaiju bones and shit, like kaiju bone powder sells for $500 an ounce. So like, yep. that's what I believe in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love how he's just selling, like, kaiju Viagra. Right, it's all just panacea. Like, it's nothing real. Exactly. It's funny. Um, So he's like, all right, what do you actually want? Why are you here? And Newt explains that he wants an intact kaiju hind brain so he's like, yeah. he's like i want a kaiju brain and hannibal's like you can't you can't get those like and he's like no no no, i know <laughs> yeah i want the rear brain the other brain like dinosaurs have that's that is why i assumed the previous thing mm-hmm. and i also think it's funny that, that this is like probably the worst exposition in all of guillermo del toro's writing career because he literally goes we both know we both know that kaijus have two brains <laughs> Right. And it's just for the benefit of the audience who doesn't know. Right. In real life, he'd be like, no, I mean the hind brain. And they would just go they with They would it. both know. So it's like the, the yeah. rare, like, as you know. As you know, Bob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, It's it, just it's kind of little, funny, it's, though. It's a little stilted. Yeah. Um, But Hannibal's like, why? Would, that's like the only part of a kaiju that's worthless. Yeah, he like lists all these other parts that do sell. And, and he's like, why would you want The only part this- you can't get money for. <laughs> Which is preposterous. Right. Because he's selling everything as fakes. You know, it's all panacea and bullshit. So, like, you can come up with something. But whatever. There's no use for a kaiju hind brain, apparently. Sure, And he's like, I can't tell you because it's classified. (laughs) But it is pretty cool. So maybe I will tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I figured out how to drift with a kaiju. It's so funny to watch him go through that whole journey so fast. It works for his character. Oh, yeah. And Charlie Day absolutely sells it. He sells sells it so good. And and Hannibal gets very serious. And he says, are you funning me, son? (laughs) (laughs) Are you funning Funning me? me. Are you funning me? Uh, It's great. And Only Ron Perlman. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, it's real good. And Newt begins nerding out and telling him, like, no, it works. Uh, and they've, they've got a hive mind. And Hannibal immediately stops him and looks in his eyeball. And, and he it's, says, it's, his, his eye is all, like, bloodshot. And, and he says, you, and he's like, you did it. <laughs> and Newt says, I did a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little bit. <laughs> So funny. Um, and then we start hearing the like sirens in the distance alarming the city about yes. the kaiju coming, and Hannibal says, You goddamn moron. Back to the Jaegers at sea. Um, Crimson Typhoon spots movement. Kaiju emerges, tail smash, yeah. they fall. 
Uh, they get into their thundercloud formation where they've got all three arms up and they've got yes. these spinning saws. They fight, cool stuff. They do a big, huge suplex on it. Good yeah. giant fighting. Cherno is coming in with the elbow yeah. drop. Uh, it it trips them. They're fighting, brawling. It's great. Um, Herc wants to move in. Pentecost says no. no. Don't do it. That's what he does. He says yep. no. Um, but Typhoon is in trouble. Uh, yep. they're they're getting ripped apart, and Striker decides to move in. They're like, no, we gotta go. Like, they're in trouble. Yep. We have to help. And this is when Pentecost yeah. gives Raleigh a look like, hmm, you'd know all about that, yep. wouldn't you? <laughs> yep, he's almost <laughs> used to this. Yeah, because he's like, fine. And of course, if there's anyone who's allowed to disobey a direct order from Stacker, yeah. it's Herc. Yeah, it's They're true. best friends. It's true. They've known each other the longest, clearly. Yes. Uh, so, the fighting, it's bad, and... The kaiju pulls the triplets out yep. of Crimson Typhoon, just it's rips really, them really directly brutal, out, uh, and, and just there, it's gone. Um, and the Kaidanovskis are like, "Typhoon's down. We got to do this. And yep. They're real serious business. They're gonna do it. Um, and they're coming after it." And it shoots them with acid out of its throat. Yeah. Quite horribly. Yeah. It's really rough. It's really, it's just eating through this, the Jaeger yeah. chassis. And they're like, um, Wh we got we shot with this? acid. Yeah. Um, but the Hansons are coming and they do their super speed. This is the fastest Jaeger. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Running through the sea. Cherno's in serious trouble though. And out of nowhere, second kaiju tackles Cherno, gets it, and just tears it apart. It's really rough to see. Uh, and Stryker joins the fight, but one of the kaijus gets Cherno underwater. They're drowning. Yeah. And then it blows up. And the Kaidanovskis are dead. Gone. Yeah. Um, back at the command center, Pentecost is visibly upset. Yep. Uh, but back in the sea, Stryker is kicking ass. Yeah. There's they're, a they're reason. They're doing well, actually. They are. They've got yeah. the record, and it shows. Yes. Um, They lift up and drop one of the kaijus. Yeah. It's real badass. And they're like, air missiles. And they open up the chest, and the cannons come out like yeah. we saw. Suddenly, one of the kaijus, I, I think this is Leatherback. Okay does this weird blast. It's, it's like an, a sonic... It's like an EMP yeah, blast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it fries everything. Yeah, everything just goes Shatter out. Shatterdome is down. Yeah. Striker is down. Everything's out. It, like, everything's dark. the whole city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're like, everyone's confused. They're like, it took out everything. We have to reboot the whole system. Yep. And... Uh, Tendo's like, we don't have anything. All the Jaegers are digital. And <laughs> Raleigh says, not all of them. Gypsy is nuclear. And therefore analog. Yep. <laughs> um, so I assume then Cherno probably was analog too. But it's 
but gone. it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's weird that Tendo would be like, they're all digital. It's yeah. Like, uh, like half of them are? <laughs> I mean, isn't, isn't, yeah, I mean, one is gone. Yeah, but like they only have four Jaegers. And at this point, functionally, they only have two. So it is a funny thing for him to say. Yeah, all of them, like half of the ones that you had and half of the, the ones, ones that remaining, are left. Like All oh, of the one that is currently standing out there in the field. And it's like, if anyone would know, it's it Tendo. It would be him, yes. Yeah, strange line. Really weird. Strange line. But anyway, Raleigh's like, we're nuclear. Yep. Burr, burr. Um, it's a very, very convenient way for them to be back in the game. Yes. Uh, back at sea, the kaiju are moving toward the shore. Yeah, it's very creepy. Um, back at Chow's place, they're talking about the attack and mm-hmm. what they're going to do. And there's two, and it's a double event, and it's like, that's impossible. There's never been two. It's it's never happened before. And Hannibal's like, well, nobody ever drifted with one before either, <laughs> idiot. Yeah, uh, he's, and he's explaining about how a it's drift like is a two-way, two-way street. Thing, so they're probably looking for him. Yeah, and he's like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So And he's like, well, what are we going to do? And Chow's like, I'm going to my private bunker. You're going to a public refuge, so brace yourself. I tried it once, and he whips off his sunglasses. And he's once, and he's missing an eye. Uh, he's got this big scar yeah. across his eye. It's really campy. Yes, I love it. Um, and we see one of the kaiju, which is um, Otachi. Mm-hmm. It's the crawly one, right? With the long okay. arms. Crawling over buildings, dripping acid, yeah. just crushing everything underneath it. People in the street are running for the shelter. Newt's like, ah, and he's in the crowd. He gets slammed into, hurts his yep. wrist, looks up. It's a coming. Uh, he's freaked out, yep. running for the refuge. He's like, not me in. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. <laughs> what a fucking coward. Right. Um, but he manages to get in yes. and... Shortly after, people are, like, slipping through as the door is shutting. um, And people look like they're just packed in, like, sardines. Oh, yeah. It looks really not like a good place to be. Right. Uh, It's basically like a bomb shelter. Yeah, essentially. Uh, Back at at sea, um, Leatherback is menacing the shutdown striker. And Herc's like, I want to try something. And, like, disconnects from... His harness and Chuck's like, no, don't disengage. And the kaiju slams into them and Herc goes flying across yep. the cockpit and he is hurt. His arm is injured. Chuck climbs out and helps him up. And he's like, are you okay, old man? And Herc's like, don't call me old man. <laughs> yeah. Can't take your shit right now. <laughs> um, And they're, he's like, there's a kaiju right outside. We're the only line of defense for this city. As far as they know, no one else is coming. Right. He's like, we have to do something. Um, so he's like, you know, we can either sit here and do nothing, or we can take these flare guns and do something stupid. Yes. And these are these boys, these stupid yeah. Jaeger boys. This is like the point where where like the where Chuck starts to become somewhat likable to me more because mm-hmm, at least he's like. He cares about his dad. He cares about his dad, else. and he's putting and he's himself on the willing line to do something truly crazy. That's probably going to get him killed, like, right? Because he has to do something. This yeah. is his job. Uh, and you can see 
that he is his father's son. Yeah, absolutely. So they climb outside on top of the Jaeger, and they're like, hey, ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, rah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they shoot at it with the flare guns, and one of them hits, hits it in the eye. eye. And it's like, rah! And it's going to smash them, and then bright lights behind it. Yeah. And it's like, rah! <laughs> and it turns, and Gypsy is dropping in, in. Yeah. and Raleigh and Mako get ready. Yeah. And they engage with the kaiju. They start fighting. Yeah. And the Hansons are like, yeah, yeah. Gypsy, woo! <laughs> uh, even Chuck. Yeah. He's uh, changed his Kick tune his now. ass! <laughs> um, but uh, the Leatherback gets Gypsy in a bear hug and yeah. flings it. Yep. To the shipyard, and it just goes skidding yeah. along. Containers are going everywhere, um, and it follows them there. They face off. They charge yeah. at each other. <laughs> Huge footsteps. Yeah. And they slam into each other, and they're grappling. And yeah. then they, the Gypsy hits the leather back with the elbow rocket yeah. the elbow rocket is classic yes. very memorable moment yes. elbow rocket elbow rocket just, just, just makes the punch stronger square in the face it's fantastic <laughs> yes um and then it falls but grabs like a crane or something they're fighting with cranes and like well yeah it like beats them with a crane and they fall down and then they grab some shipping containers yeah. and each hand kind of like brass knuckles yeah and start exactly. wailing on it um, they get it in like a full Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just throw it. They're wrestling. Um, and then they bust out the plasma cannon. Yep. And just start shooting it. Shooting it, over. it like underneath in the, the armpit. Arm. The Guillermo armpit. special. Guillermo special. Um, and they empty the clip into yep. it and they blast its arm off. Yeah. Poetic justice. Yeah, get exactly. vengeance for your arm. Yeah. Um, and That's kind of what this fight is about, really, like them each getting some kind of revenge. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he gets the arm catharsis, and, and then she, shortly she gets she, her thing. Yes. So, and this is when we get the seagull gag, where yeah. it's like, there's, it's like pushing yeah. them as it's dying, and they're sliding, 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 and then they hit like a, I don't know exactly what it is yeah, i don't, I don't know, know shit it about docks really but th something that a seagull is sitting on yeah and they like and then dink, hit it and the seagull just flies away yep. <laughs> like it's startled away and there's a couple little gags like this that are they're pretty cute to remind you of the scale of the thing i think right and also like, yeah, normal life is still a thing in this space to give a sense of scale and also to sort of break it up give you a yeah, breath so that it's not just like Bang, punch, pow, giant fight. Right. It's so much chaos. There's some levity to it. Yeah. Levity, absolutely. Uh and so it the kaiju falls, it looks pretty dead. They start to walk away, and then Raleigh's like, wait, I think this guy's dead, but let's check its pulse. He's learned his lesson. Yeah. And they turn around and just shoot it a bunch more. Just, oh, they just <laughs> blow it apart. Yeah. It's so gloppy it's very and splattery, nasty yeah. and he says no pulse <laughs> it's pretty cute yep. and gypsy turns to look at the city 
There's some shit going on over there. Down in the refuge, um, you can hear booming, screaming in the distance, and everyone's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then there's a big boom. Big boom. And Newt's like, it's right above us. And he's like, this isn't a refuge. This is a buffet line. <laughs> Terrible. It's so silly. <laughs> and he's like, it, it, he knows I'm here. And they're like, oh, it knows we're all here. And he's like, no, you don't understand. It's coming for me specifically. The wrong thing to say. He's an idiot who doesn't know how to engage with yeah. humans. Um, and they're like, what, you? He's like, he's trying to get me. And they me. all just like. They turn on him. They're like, yeah. he wants the little guy. And they're yeah. like pushing him around and like all make a big circle around him. Apparently there is room in here. Yeah. Um, And they push him to the ground and his glasses fall off. And he's like, this is awful. He's like, those were expensive glasses. <laughs> this day is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Perspective. Um, And there's a big thump. And then silence. And then the ceiling yep. falls in. And we got some big claws. Claws. Otachi is right outside. Yeah. Uh, it's and then it's like steps back, and then back yep. in. It's trying to get him. It's trying to dig its way in, and then its gross Ooh, tongue comes out. Like blue neon tongue. It's with like, like a gross like worm. Like it kind of weird. reminded me of like a like. A flower, also. Yeah, it's like a, like a big weird bioluminescent creature. Kind of proboscis thing. It's horrifying. It's really... I don't know enough about biology to say what this thing it's is. It's like something from the movie Annihilation, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> it just feels a little bit wrong. It's beautiful, but also super wrong. It's super gross, <laughs> and it like comes and it's getting yeah. them. But then Otachi gets distracted by Gypsy approaching, yeah. and they are dragging a big ship. Yep, like, like a, a giant, a giant ship. Uh, they're just dragging it along like a club, <laughs> and they just start beating it up. Yep, uh, just smashing it in the head. But it wrenches the ship from their hands yep. and throws it, and it does that cool thing where it like lodges between two yeah. buildings, um, and it smacks them and sends them flying. And they somehow lose this kaiju. They kind of play cat and mouse with it for a bit. Yeah, how do you lose a kaiju? They say it's like moving really it's fast. Moving too, where is it? Where but is like, it? You can't get it a visual. Leave a trail. You hear destruction. it. Well, it it jumps out at them directly through a building. Oh, right, <laughs> and it's great. It's a yes. great moment, but it doesn't really make a lot of logical sense. Yeah, no. It can't. How could it possibly creep around? It yeah. it shakes the earth. Exactly. But it's funny, they fight, and then we get the, the other uh -huh. gag of the movie where the fist crashes through, through the like office, office building. building and hits the Newton's cradle, just dink and dink. Yep, yep, classic. Hilarious. Yes, uh, and good use of like a practical prop in a digital fight scene, right? You have no idea. You showed me the video about oh, it. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> this was some time ago then. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Where they reversed the shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Through that whole building and made all the stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, uh -huh. and it was not, it was a scale model of a building. Yeah. So it was like, it was an actual real thing, but it was just on a smaller scale. Of course. Which is great. Delightful. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they're fighting, they're smashing through buildings, they're dodging acid. Um, They're grappling with it. Yep. They're like, we got to do something about this tongue. And so um, they're like trying to grab its face, but then its big awful tail starts getting them. Oh. So they have to grapple with the tail and they're like 
get get the coolant out and they sp- they spray the yeah. tail with coolant and freeze it and shatter the tail and then they can grab its face and just rip its tongue out of its really head gross. and it's like yeah. um and it c- suddenly jumps and climbs on them latches around Gypsy's midsection talons sink yeah. into its back <laughs> and it unfurls a giant fucking wing it's got bat wings <laughs> it did look like that yeah. but now it actually has the wings and it starts taking off and they're smashing into buildings and it flies them away into yeah. the sky way too they're high going up 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 above oxygen the clouds yeah. yeah they're they're out of options they're, you know, the systems are failing, and Mako says, no, there's still something left. And they deploy <laughs> the sword. And it shoots out like a chain, and then yeah. straightens out into a sword. Yeah. And in Japanese, she says, for my family. Uh-huh. And they whoosh, yeah. cut it in half. It is the most anime thing yes. I've ever yes. fucking it is seen. I lose my shit yes. every time it is I watch amazing. this. And so she gets her revenge. She gets her scene. a moment just for her, and yes. it's so fucking cool. It's the coolest moment in the movie, as far Absolutely. as I'm concerned. I would agree. Just this sword yeah. cutting this thing. Amazing. And then they are falling to earth. Yup. And they're like, what do we do? Oh, God. And they're yeah. just coming in like like a meteor. Yes, way too fast. And Pentecost is like, listen to me. You got to, you know, yada, yada, yada. You got to ball up. You yep. got to brace for impact. And they're they're falling and falling. And they use the, like, chest thruster thing yeah. to, like, slow their speed. But Raleigh's like, work too well. we're, we're going too fast. Brace yourself, Marco. And they land directly... In a sports stadium. Very convenient, really. Great place to land. <laughs> uh, and there's a moment and everyone's like <gasps> holding their breath. And then Gypsy stands. They're yeah. okay. And everyone yeah. cheers. And inside the cockpit, Raleigh's like, Mako, Mako, are you okay? And she says, yeah, you? <laughs> and then they just laugh. Yeah, they, they did, did it. it. They did the thing. They did it. And Gypsy stands. Um, back at Shatterdome, Pentecost tells Herman to go see Tanoot. Um, and Tendo is to get the Jaegers back to 100%. And he just stands in the rain because he's yep. Pentecost. Yep, it's raining. he's dramatic. Um, back at Hannibal Chow headquarters, <laughs> uh, he's... He's like, talking to his team. They're preparing to harvest the kaiju. He's like strategizing so fast. He's right. like, you get the guts and you get You the, do this, we'll get yeah. that, we'll get that, we'll go here. Where's the map? It's right <laughs> there. This is what he lives for. Yes. This is why he's Hannibal Chow. Yep. And then Newt shows up yeah. and he's a mess. And he's like, you're going to give me my kaiju brain, motherfucker. He, he says, guess who's back, you one-eyed bitch. <laughs> He's not playing, and they're like, oh, shit. Um, Back at Shatterdome, everyone is celebrating. Raleigh and Mako, the tables have turned. They've gone from pariahs to heroes. And Herc is like, hey, thanks for saving our asses. Chuck would never admit it, but But he's he's grateful. grateful. And they... 
Raleigh and Chuck share a look and there's a nod of respect. Yeah. <laughs> and Chuck has grown as a person. Somewhat. Uh, at least he's done being an ass. Like an active asshole, yes. And um, Pentecost comes out and he, they do that gag where it seems like he's going to yell at them. And then he's actually thrilled. He's actually praising them. Uh, he's like, in all of my years, I have never seen anyone pull that shit yeah, off. <laughs> exactly. It only works because he's Idris Elba delivering <laughs> yeah. that line. Yes. And he turns to Mako and he says, I'm proud of you. And oh. she's like, my dad is yeah. proud. Um, and Pentecost says, but we can't celebrate. Yep. We lost two crews and there's no time to grieve. Reset the clock. Oh. And everyone's like, oh. And then Mako looks up at Pentecost and makes like a nose wiping motion. And his nose is his bleeding. His nose is bleeding. Extra a lot. Yeah. And he's like, oh shit. And like takes out a yeah. handkerchief and is like dabbing his nose. And Raleigh saw it. Yeah. And, and he looks at Mako. He's like, what was that? And Mako just kind of looks sad. Like, yeah. well, I guess it's out. Yep. At the kaiju carcass. You get some cool practical effects. Yes, I this would be um Otachis? I think so. Yeah. Think. Um, but they're they're just crews, just people yeah. climbing all over it. They're picking over this carcass very efficiently. Yes. Um, whole crew yeah yeah it's just like 100 people or more yeah it's so many people and newt is talking to hannibal and he's like hey i like i can't believe you did that i could have been eaten and hannibal's like well that, <laughs> that was, was the, the idea plan, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was the plan um but i guess it wasn't necessary after all uh, <laughs> <laughs> and newt's like well what's taking so long i need this kaiju brain yesterday and Hannibal's like, well, we had to pump it full of CO2 to preserve it. So going into the carcass, the crew has to wear s suits with oxygen and it's yeah. slow going. So hold your horses. Um, and we see inside the yes. kaiju, the crew is making their way through. It's very blue and glowy and crazy and in there. And they are wearing like these sort of balloon suit mm -hmm, things. Big air suits. And the crew reaches the secondary brain, and it is ruined. Yep. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then the crew says, wait. And Newt's like, wait, why wait? <laughs> and, like, tries to grab yeah, the walkie. Yeah, they, like, jockey for the walkie-talkie. Yeah, jockey for the walkie-talkie. <laughs> and Hannibal's like, what, what are you doing? Like, like, give that back. <laughs> how, you, how dare you? Um, And there's, like, a rumbling, and they're like, it feels There's like a like heartbeat. heartbeat. And Newt's like, what? And he takes the walkie-talkie and he's like, he's like, shh, shh, listen, listen, listen. And he and Hannibal just start listening. Yeah. And bum, 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 bum. It's a heartbeat. And Newt says, it's pregnant. <laughs> and inside the crew sees this eye through a membrane. Yeah. And they freak out, scream. It bursts out of its... Yep. Whatever it was, yeah. Sack. Yeah. Uh, wherever kaiju keep the babies. <laughs> sure. How is this thing even pregnant? Don't want to ask that question. Yeah. I don't want to follow that thread. No, it's just there to be a set piece, It right? is, and it's great. Yes. Um, And, you know, it's it's a little bit of a like, oh, no, wait, we have one more shot. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's crawling around. It's flopping around. It's horrible. Sweet. It's got an umbilical cord. Uh, yeah, trailing wretched. along behind it. Yeah. Um, and Newt runs. It's coming after him. He's like, oh, fuck, 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 yep. fuck. Running down the street, he falls, he scrambles, he cowers, and it 
yeah. keels over and it seems it dead. Seems to have been strangled by its own umbilical yeah, cord. Yeah, this thing was not ready to live. Yeah. Um, and he gets up like, oh shit! And Hannibal's like, he, or like, he sort a of new- pops out from nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, first Newt kind of like goes yeah. to like touch it, and then Hannibal pops out of nowhere. He's like, oh fuck! And then he jumps <laughs> back, and he's like, I knew it! I knew it! Its lungs weren't fully formed with yeah. that umbilical cord wrapped around its neck. I knew it wouldn't live for more than a minute. It just took me one look. I knew immediately. He like stabbed. Yeah, he's, he throws his knife at it, sticks it in the nose, and he's like, so anyway, chomp! And it just eats <laughs> it just him. eats him, tosses him in the air, Like, really aggressively, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yes. Uh, it chomps him, it swallows him, and then it dies for yep. real. <laughs> and his and shoe- just picks up his shoe. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that. Yep. Uh, just a gag. Yeah. And to get Hannibal out of the movie, I guess. I guess. Well, I don't, uh, know. I don't know. It's funny though. Yeah. Um, cut to Pentecost. Uh, in his room, washing his face, and Raleigh is there, and he says, "How sick are you? And why didn't you tell me?" And he's yeah. being a bit impertinent, but I Pentecost, was about to say, like, yeah. But Pentecost is like, eh, fucking at this point, yeah. <laughs> and he says, "What's to tell?" Uh, and he explains that, you know, they made the Mark Ones in 14 months, and the last thing on their minds was radiation shielding. Shit. Does seem like a pretty big oversight, but... It does, but when in, you're... It's, in time of emergency. Right. Yeah. Um, and he ran nearly a dozen missions, but the last one, he finished the fight solo. Yeah. And he got it done... But afterwards, he burned for three hours. Um, and if he, he says that this was in Tokyo, yes, I don't know if we're meant to infer that this is this was the fight. It didn't seem that way because I mean, at least in Mako's memory, no, he every, comes he out was, looking pretty pristine. But he is the only person who hops out of that thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's a possibility. I don't know. It's very unclear. I mean, because it is her memory, so yeah, she it might could be much more pristine than it was in real life. Right. She just remembers him as him, this perfect hero, angelic figure. Yeah. Um. So maybe it wasn't quite like that in reality. It's, she was a tiny child. Exactly. But it's not clear whether that's what he's referring to or not. Yes. But um. If he ever pilots again, he will die. Yeah, certainly. Um, and tells Raleigh that the the two of them are the only people who have ever Done piloted solo. Solo combat, yeah. And that is why he brought him here. Yeah. And so it's this moment of like, you are qualified and I acknowledge that. Like, you are the best it's of us. It's pretty satisfying. And like, yeah. we have, we share something. Yes. Yeah. We have a connection. Yeah, it's real good. <sighs> I love it. Um, and we hear like a beep, like he's got a call. Yep. And it's Tendo over the calling system. Yeah. <laughs> and he says they've got two signatures. Huge dilation, category four. Yep. But they're not moving. They're just hovering over the breach as though they are protecting it. Um, and Pentecost wants Gypsy and Stryker on deck. Tendo says, but Herc can't pilot. His arm's fucked up. And Pentecost says, you heard me. Yeah. This is happening. Yep. One, One way, way or another. Or, yeah. 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 Um, Herman is at the Kaiju site mm-hmm. with Newt. 
Um, and he's freaking out. He's like, there's two. There's supposed to be three. three. Something is wrong. And Newt's like stabbing the, the baby yeah, kaiju brain. He's like putting like a some kind of a probe the into giant it. giant meat thermometer looking thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's just like, I'm sorry, you're wrong. I'm, we have to do this thing. Yeah, I'm busy right now. Yeah. We can deal with how wrong you are yeah. later. And Herman's like, no, I'm not wrong. Just something something else, else is wrong. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... And Newt's like, I don't know what to tell you. You can help me here if you want. Uh, and, you know, if you if you want to make yourself yeah. useful. And Herman's like, actually, yes. And he starts, like, clacking away. Clacking away. And he's like, yeah, there's only one way to figure out what's wrong. And it's for me to help you do this. So we are going to drift together. Because when you drift, it's two pilots, right? So I'm going to be your co-pilot. Share, it's really we can share. sweet. Yeah, he's like, we got to share the neural load. Yeah. And Newt's like, you do that? For me, with me, you do that. <laughs> That's really cute. And he's like, yeah. Like, yeah. for the fate of mankind, yes, I will. And Newt's like, all right, let's do this thing. And he tries to, like, fist bump. And, and, and Newt Herman, doesn't, know, Herman, Herman doesn't, doesn't know what to do. And he's like, it's so cute. He does this yeah. weird, like, he's going to, like, high five yeah. and then just kind of grabs him. And he says, like, by Jove, we're going to own this thing for sure. <laughs> so cute it's adorable i, I think, love burn gorman yes and this scene is definitely why these two get shipped together so much they are married 100 <laughs> percent. it's really cute uh so back at shatterdome um and chuck is not suited up and tendo's like you're supposed to be getting ready and chuck's like why i don't have a co-pilot yes, like he's walking his dog he's walking max it's cute he's like i can't pilot that thing on my own yeah. so what's the plan Who's going to be my co-pilot? And Pentecost comes out. He's all suited up. He looks good. Amazing, yeah. And Herc is there with him with his arm in like a sling. And he walks up looking fabulous. And he's like, well, I don't remember it being so tight. <laughs> we have to just undercut just a little bit. A little bit, Because he's, yeah. he's a little past his prime. Yeah, he's just slightly. a bit over the hill. And he hasn't done this in a long time, mm -hmm. right? And he's never worn these... These, <laughs> These new fancy Mark suits. Mark V uh, suits. Yeah. Um, and Mako's like, no, you can't. Like, you'll you'll die if you pilot. And he says, well, if I don't, everyone's going to die. It's a nice little circular moment from the beginning. It shows that he's not a hypocrite, right? He's uh -huh. willing to sacrifice. He's not just willing to sacrifice that fishing boat so nobody else dies. Yeah. He, he's willing to sacrifice himself if he's on the right end Whatever it of takes. That. Of that trolley problem, right? Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> mm hmm And there's this, oh, this moment gets me so much. He, like, takes her aside and speaks to her privately. Yeah, oh, this is the... And he says, yeah. you are brave, girl. I'm so lucky to have seen you grow. What a And thing I'm crying to say. right yeah, now. Because it's so emotional. I'm so lucky to have seen you grow. It's just it's like the so most beautiful the thing you can say that most gets you in the heart, right? My that whole sentence. heart. And yeah. he says, but now I need you to protect me. And she cries one beautiful, yeah. perfect tear. And she nods. Yeah. She can do that. It's uh, so much. <laughs> family. Yeah. Guillermo's uh, really good at family. Yeah. <sighs> okay, collecting myself. Yes. Because this is when Pentecost gets his big speech. Yeah. Every one of these movies 
needs a guy giving his inspirational general speech. This yeah. is the Independence Day speech. Yep. This is this is Henry V's yep. St. Crispin's Day speech. Uh, you know, here at the edge of hope, at the end of time. Yep. Yeah, we have to believe in ourselves and in each other. No one is standing alone. We face the monsters and we bring the fight to them. Today we are canceling the, the apocalypse. apocalypse. But it's so great because it is. It's like the yeah. heart of the movie where he's like, no, yeah. we're going to stand together. No one is alone. Yeah. We are going to say no to this because we are yeah. strong together. Yes. It's like the... <sighs> Aragorn in Return of the King. There's always yeah, there's a speech. so many speeches like it's this. It's the speech. Yeah. Some are better than others. This, this is, is a, a good this one. This is a good one. Yeah. This is a good And it's, it doesn't overstay its welcome. No, it's pretty short. It's quite brief. Yeah. It's short and sweet. And everyone's getting ready. We're yeah. scrambling. We're getting to work. I feel like half of this movie is just people getting ready in a cool way. Just Getting things, <laughs> opening doors, putting things into position. Suiting up. It's yeah, great. Yeah. Um, in the hallway to the elevator, and Chuck is like, hey, this is good, great and all, but are we going to be compatible? And Pentecost is like, yeah, it's not going to be a problem. I carry nothing into the drift. No memories, nothing. And you, I've got your number because you're an egotistical little daddy's boy. Yeah. And I've always known that. But- you are also your father's son. So I think we'll be all right. It made me wonder, did did Stacker and Herc, did they... I think the implication is that they had co-piloted. They had co-piloted. And that now that Pentecost cannot, yeah. um, he pilots with his son. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think they the must have been. That's the implication, right? And that's how he knows they're going to be compatible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is when Herc and Chuck get their tearful goodbye, yeah, and we officially really sweet. we officially care about Chuck. Yeah. Um, we get a cutaway to Mako and Raleigh in their cockpit getting ready. Yeah. Um, and Herc is like, you know, when you drift with someone, sometimes it feels like you don't need to say certain things. Yeah. Um, but there are some things that I think I'm gonna regret not having said and chuck says no you don't need to say them i know them all and oh. it's like oh god it's these so fathers and their children yeah. and they're saying goodbye oh, um and max is there and chuck gives him a little scratch and says i'm gonna miss you <laughs> um too cute and it's really very sad yeah. uh and herc says uh Look after him for me, Stacker. That's my son you've got there. My son. And he knows that they're going to die. Yeah. He's saying goodbye to his son. Yeah. They're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Raleigh and Mako are in gypsy danger and they are powering up. And Raleigh says, you know, it's kind of funny. I never really thought about the future before until now. Yep. I never did have very good timing. <laughs> good line. <laughs> yeah. Because he fully believes that they're all going all on good. a suicide yeah. mission. Yeah. He doesn't see a way forward for survival for them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Already, and then things get worse. And then things get worse. So um, Jaegers are being lifted out, and we see the warhead on Stryker's back. It's got a big radioactive symbol on it, so we yep. know it's the warhead. Yeah. Um, back to the kaiju carcass. The scientist boys are getting ready to drift. They drift with the kaiju brain, and it's yeah. crazy. Um, and they come out of it. And uh, Newt's like, are you okay? <laughs> and Herman's like, yes, of course, I'm completely fine. And, and then he starts barfing into his mouth and yeah. runs over to a very convenient yes! toilet in An the stream. And conveniently placed Throws toilet. up into this toilet. Yeah. Very funny. It's very silly. Extremely, extremely funny. And so as soon as he's collected himself, they're like, you saw it yet? You saw it? We have to warn them. The plan. It's not not going to work. work. And this is, of course, when we see the Jaegers walking into the sea. Yes, they're dropping into the sea. Um, They submerge. Neural handshakes are at 100%. Pentecost was not lying. Yeah. They are being briefed on the two kaijus, Scunner and Raiju. (laughs) Raiju the kaiju. Raiju the kaiju. Uh, they are category four. They um the Jaegers are half a mile from the ocean cliff, three thousand meters to the breach, and underwater it's it's very dark, hard to see. And Chuck's like, "How are we going to deliver this bomb when I can't fucking see ten feet in front of us?" <laughs> yep. Um, and something swims by. Very and they're fast. like, what? Where is it? And they're like, it's yep. there. And they're like, we can't see it. We can't find it. It's the fastest kaiju on record, swimming around like an alligator. And it's just like circling them. Yeah. It's very yep. scary. And they can't see it at all. And they're like, we just have to keep moving. Yep. They're 600 meters from the drop. Um, At this moment, the science boys arrive at Shatterdome. And they're yes. like, no, no, no. Uh, And the... um. Jaegers go over the drop, um, 400 meters to the breach, um, and they are told that the bogeys, the kaijus, are stopping. And Pentecost is like, wait, stop, something isn't right. And Chuck's like, let's just go. And Pentecost is like, no, Mm. something's going on. Why are they stopping? Um, And Herc is like, jump, take the jump. And... Newt busts in and he's like, it's not gonna work. And they're yep. they're yelling and they grab the microphone and they explain that basically the breach reads what goes through it like a barcode scanner. Which is why the other bombs have not gone through. It only lets kaiju through. Yep. Um, and this is why it is important that we know that the kaiju are manufactured and that this yes. is this is a an intelligent attack. Yes. Because that is how it can be defended in this way. Yep. Um, so Because they're actively they've actively engineered the breach to make sure nothing man-made gets through. Only them made yep. gets through. Um, and so the science boys explain that they have to fool the breach. By with the, riding a kaiju yes. through it. Um, and Herc's like, okay, well, now that you've heard that, go. And they're like, no, you're not listening. <laughs> um, and then there is a third signature. And Herman's like, I was right. 
It is the first ever category five. five. No good. Uh, the breach opens up, and a huge yep. kaiju swims out. Yep, very large. Um, Stryker takes his stance in front of it, and uh, Raleigh says that they're going to take Gypsy around to flank it. And the fight begins. Smashing, yep. crashing, underwater fight. This is yes, exciting. It's very cool. It has really mean tentacles. Yeah. Smashing into them. Gypsy's coming to help, but then they are ambushed by the very fast kaiju. Yep. And it, it takes off Gypsy's arm. Yeah. And this time it is again. <laughs> Raleigh's side. Yeah. Raleigh well, can't keep his arms on. It's his other arm this time. Yes, uh, but this seems less traumatic. Yes. He's in more control, I think, of the situation. It also just happens really, really fast. Extremely fast. Um, And they get their sword out and they stab the other smaller one in the head and they move it over to an undersea vent and fry its head. Yeah. <laughs> with the, this thermal vent. But they're like, no, Gypsy, look out, the fast ones are coming. And they brace with the sword. And this is yeah. another extremely memorable moment. It it comes upon them and they slice it down the down middle. Down the middle, yeah. Fully, the full length of this nasty yes. crocodile. It's amazing. amazing. <laughs> so, uh... In position, Stryker tries to release the payload, but it is jammed. Half of their systems are offline. Yep. They've taken too much of a beating. And the Category 5 tackles Stryker. They fight. They're tearing it, tearing into it, and they manage to, like, break its shoulders. They, like, yeah. start to tear its arms off at the shoulder. It's really gnarly. Mm -hmm. um the one that got burned is still on the move it swims in to join it in fighting striker clearly they are defending the breach they're not as concerned with gypsy yes um and uh gypsy's like we're coming in to help and Pentecost says no stay back gypsy is nuclear take her to the breach yeah. And they realize what the plan is now. And they're like, okay, yep. yes. Uh, they're going to detonate Gypsy as a bomb. Yep. And they get one last tearful goodbye. Pentecost says, Mako, you can finish this. I'll always be here for you. You can always find me in the drift. Aww. Very emotional. Yeah, because now... They're all definitely gonna die. Yep. <laughs> uh, but they can do it. They can yes. destroy the breach for all mankind. Yes. Uh, at this moment, the kaiju start converging on Stryker, and Chuck's like, "So what's the plan, Marshall?" And he says, "You know, we can we can't drop the payload, but we can clear a path for the lady." And <laughs> Chuck, very respectful for once in his pitiful yeah. life. He says, it was a pleasure, sir. And they are going down as heroes. Yeah. Um, and they reach up and they detonate the payload as the kaiju converge. Yep. They, the big explosion. Yes. And I believe what Mako says here is, Sensei, Ashitemasu. 
which I want to look up what it means. Yes. Because those are the syllables I got. Unsubtitled. Unsubtitled, but I think it was Sensei Ashitemasu. So I'll look that up at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would curious. like to know if I'm right. Yes. In parsing my Japanese. Yes. But there's a huge blast that actually like pushes the water away. Like it creates. Yeah. Like a. Like a bubble a almost. Yeah. Don't know how. Um, real that is but it's very cool it's fine in this movie about kaiju and right so on. for one moment gypsy is not underwater yeah and then all the water just comes rushing in falls down yep. on them all systems are critical they're leaking fuel yep. let's finish this yeah um they have the kaiju carcass they're heading for the breach and Raleigh says, I hope you guys are right about this, because one way or another, we are getting this thing done. Suddenly, the Category 5 pops up uh, and is in their way. Yep. And Raleigh says, on my count, rear jets. And they yeah. put on their rear jets, they ram it, they slam into it, pushing it back. It's like their full body tackling yep. it. They right stab down it. over the ledge and into the... Yes, they start falling to the breach. And... Mako's oxygen is at half capacity and they're falling towards the breach and they turn on the chest jet thing to burn it Um, and they fall into the breach with it and it is crazy in the air. Yes, it's wild. It's all blurry and shiny and blue and weird and they are in what they call the throat yeah of the breach it's this long sort of tunnel between yep. dimensions yeah <laughs> something and there's a lot of stuff going on in there mm-hmm. it's pretty weird yes uh very trippy yes and mako's oxygen is critical, critical. and she's starting to lose consciousness yep and raleigh disconnects his air tube and connects it to her yeah and he's like, we did it, Mako. I can finish this alone. All I have to do is fall. Anyone, Anyone can, can fall. And um, he doesn't have much time. Yep. He puts Mako into an escape pod and launches her. Yep. Uh, he tries to initiate the reactor, but there is some kind of failure he has, he has to do it to, manually. Just because it's that moment of the movie. Makes it more difficult. And it sort of reminds me of the end of, of Alien. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's really a sci-fi standby. Oh no, it's failed. Mm. We got to climb into the machine and, and do it with our hands. Turn a big thing around. <laughs> it's what it always is. Yep. Turning a big crank of yes. some kind. Um, but he gets out of his harness. He's stumbling around in the cockpit. He starts to like fall down the honestly crazy um, big cavern. Yeah, <laughs> where, it seems unsafe. Yeah, there's nothing there to stop falling. Nah, okay. There's like some blades that are wearing around and just machinery that we've never seen before. Yeah, it's real dangerous to yes. fall down inside the. The Jaeger there. They're really just hoping that people stay in their spot. Right. It's very important to stay strapped into your harness. Uh, But he starts to fall down this scary pit. Yep. (laughs) Um, But he climbs up, opens up this hatch, and initiates manual override. And he has tea 
minus 60 seconds. Yep. And Gypsy now exits the throat into the kaiju dimension. Yeah. And the colonist things see Gypsy and they're like, oh. Yeah, they look confused. They look at it like possible because this is unprecedented. This shouldn't be possible. They they look like they're seeing something alien for the first time, which is really interesting to contemplate. Yeah, they're they're looking like, and they they don't have like humanoid faces even remotely. No, but they like have these weird like hoods over their faces that like come up. Like they're like, what the exactly? They're like, what is that thing? It's like the moment of like taking off the glasses, like what? Exactly, but it's very <laughs> but with alien. an alien face. Yeah. Um, it's very strange <laughs> and kind of funny. And at the last moment, Raleigh ejects himself in a pod, um, up back through the throat, and Gypsy explodes in this yeah. huge blast, huge boom, just ripping through everything. And back in the command center direct hit yeah the breach has collapsed and everyone's like oh fuck yes these are cheering and immediately herc says to the choppers yep we gotta rescue them out in the ocean one pod pops up yep and kind of expels some like green ink to like make it visible in the ocean it's pretty cool right um and we hear that that the vital signs are good and mako gets out of the pod and she's okay um and she's looking around um they're tracking the second pod but they don't have any vital signs Uh, mako's looking around it pops up behind her she leaps into the sea and swims over to it those suits have to be heavy she's i was thinking that same thing swimmer uh she climbs up on the pod and opens it manually Raleigh is inside, but he is unconscious. Yep. And she's freaking out. She can't find his pulse. Um, and it's it's kind of funny to me because they're just like, maybe his suit just isn't working. Right. Well, yeah. yeah they, he says, well, maybe the sensors aren't working. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could he could still. And she's just crying and holding him. Yeah. And she says, please, please don't die. Please come back. And he says, you're squeezing me too tight. And she's like, what? And lets him go. And he smiles. And he says, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> Very cute. And yeah. everyone cheers. Yeah. And Herc comes out to the shattered on floor. And he tells everyone, the breach is sealed. Stop the clock. Uh-huh. And they're celebrating and cheering. Mankind yeah. is saved. Everyone's all happy. Uh, and the choppers are on their way. Um, and Tendo's like, okay, guys, hold your position. Choppers are on their way. Are you all right? And they just, they, they're in their own little world. And they just look at each they're other. They're doing a sweet little forehead touch. They smile and they just hold each other. And Tendo's like, guys, guys, <laughs> are you okay? And they just hold yeah. each other. And it's very sweet. Yeah. And that's the movie. Yeah. Yep. And there's a little cute credits scene. Yeah, the post credits scene of Hannibal Chow. Cutting his way out. He didn't die. Somehow. Somehow. And he's just like, where's my shoe? (laughs) (laughs) Extremely silly. Um, But it's a nice little last Ron Perlman. Yes. To send us on our way. Yes. So this one, this one movie actually stands out 
to a remarkable degree from his other it films. It really does. It's like, different. You'd think, because like, he's been in science fiction sort of yeah. realms before with like Blade 2 and with Mimic, but yet this feels really different, and it's because it's not gothic at all. No. No it's gothic. Whole, it's definitely drawing on a well-populated storytelling tradition. Oh, yes, and it's an aesthetic that he's clearly really fond of. He's It's a real celebration of but a genre. it's almost a totally different genre and aesthetic. Every single one of his other movies, to some degree, trades in the gothic. Yes. But not this one. Not at all. Not to any degree. No element of it does. Yes. Still extremely visually striking. Yeah. But completely distinct yes uh yeah on the on the topic of visual design just man i mean it's clear that this is just heavily 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 drawing on japanese media yeah, in particular totally because like kaiju films and like mech stories right well and i i feel like folklore is kind of a weird category for this yeah. episode because of it's course just drawing on on like what i think of as mostly a 20th century thing uh-huh uh-huh um because kaiju, um, so they, in the beginning of the movie, they translated as giant beast. But yeah. my understanding of the word is that it more literally translates to strange beast. Okay. Um, but, you know, close enough. It does mean a giant beast. That's... Yeah. When you talk about kaiju, they, you're, you're talking you're about a gojira. huge <laughs> creatures, yes. Um, but... Yeah, it you know was is generally used to refer to Godzilla. Does that have any pre pre Godzilla basis? In I Japanese don't media? know. I would be interested to know that. Because if not, then it's probably the most recent set of influences for any Del Toro film. Definitely, because yeah, the Jaegers are obviously sort of a Japanese mecha thing. Yeah, and that's definitely recent. Well, yeah, I mean, robots. It would have to be, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it is kind of interesting because as much as it is like a 20th century phenomenon, like this, there is now sort of a a body of work in a mythology around these things as just general concepts. Yes. Like it yeah. has become a kind of folklore. Yeah. In Insofar as like this is an entry in a certain genre mm -hmm. or subgenre. Mm -hmm. that has its own like tropes and stuff associated with it now right and like so you know if we are if if godzilla is our er example yeah of the kaiju that as we know is an atomic bomb allegory yeah like it's the, social commentary it, yes the kaiju genre and of course there's the the wacky days of the kaiju genre where it was just like yeah. monsters duking it out but if we're assuming that it's genesis lies in social commentary yes and and it's interesting the way that because it is mentioned that this yeah we made this planet hospitable for the kaiju takeover through yes man-made climate change yes. through pollution 
we fucked up the earth and we caused this apocalypse. That's why I think it's funny that it's such an aside. It is. He doesn't want to like get into it. I think some of that is because this movie is like very positive and gung ho about like mm-hmm. showing what humanity is capable of. It's it's a which it's, makes it kind of an unusual allegory, I guess. Well, I think that maybe and you know, it might be naive, but I think he wants to say that we can save this earth yeah, yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. would take the you know unrestricted cooperation right. of all the peoples of the earth. Right. But we can overcome this this impossible feat. Yeah, like absolutely. You know, when you're in a Jaeger, <laughs> yeah. you can do anything. I think it it's it's kind of refreshing mm-hmm. because it's using these theoretical concepts from like a positive place. Mm -hmm. Whereas usually this type of story is more scoldy. It's and yeah. And that (laughs) that does help that it's look how people fucked up. (laughs) Right. And this is more like, look how people can fix it. Yes. Yeah. We can. It's supposed to get you jazzed up about like what, the best case scenario is mm-hmm. which is funny for a story about like an apocalyptic invasion right but not you know but i'd say pretty on course for guillermo you know some of his yes this is certainly one of his least dark films but he always has an optimism yeah i mean the one that people always cite as being so dark is pan's labyrinth yeah but it does have that very hopeful ending and yeah. as you've said like it, he intends us to read that as as a ho- true. As, as a hopeful positive ending yeah and so he is a very hopeful filmmaker yeah that's the thing like honestly one of my only issues with this movie is that i wasn't fully feeling suspense at the you know will the two main characters live or die we, of course they would because, live because like what guillermo del toro kill movie like properly kills off the main character in an unambiguous way and that's how you can tell absolutely that he didn't make the sequel because they kill off mako right away right and i'm right. so mad that's i like that fr- too i yeah, like that movie. we we are enjoyers of the sequel yes but I it's like very different extremely different and you can tell why he didn't end up like properly making it mm-hmm. i will say this time i appreciate raleigh a lot lot more more. as a character i think that it's easier to appreciate him one compared to myers and hellboy oh yeah and two because like the movie really 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 wants you to like him and like i i now paying attention i get what he's there for and he does it he serves a a a very functional function in the film yes and he's likable he is you know i was not so sure about charlie hunnam before but he won me over i gave him i gave him another shot yeah he does a good performance in this movie yes i I didn't remember that he was so charming usually in movies he's not Mm -mm. but guillermo knows how to use him well it's true it's true, and he he will again. Yeah, in the next one, absolutely. Uh, but we did kind of skip over visual design yes. a little bit. We talked a lot about it while describing the plot, right? I mean, that's so much of what works so well about this film. Yeah, like 
in terms of the script, it's a bit jumbled sometimes mm-hmm. in terms of like there being a lot of world building and a lot of exposition. Like the character development stuff is really strong. Mm-hmm. But like, I think it's the visual storytelling that keeps the movie on track. Yes, it it is really he's just he's just great at that just conveying a lot about character and like setting yes through the environment yeah and through character design and his films are always sort of moving and they have a very recognizable pace at this point Mm -hmm. he really for having movies as sort of jumbled with details and ideas that are just sort of dropped into the movie as ideas he really leans hard into the three act structure, huh? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what holds it together. Yes, it's it, it's how he can sustain it. Yes, uh, it's. But we were before um, before we were recording, we were kind of comparing, uh, or was it during? I've lost track of all time. <laughs> were we were we comparing it to Transformers on tape or not? Yes, we did. Okay. We Great. did in both conversations. Both conversations. Because, yeah, Transformers <laughs> is just so hard it's to all of track. A, it's all of a jumble in terms of characters and who you're supposed to care about and who's fighting who. And yes, but like we've that. got just these really yes. clear designs. Yes. Uh, and it just, it makes it so readable. Yeah. It's so readable. All of the, all of the, we don't see that many Jaegers, but they're all distinct. The Kaiju mm-hmm. are pretty distinct. Mm-hmm. It's just like just, and it all feels like real within the world of the film. It all tracks. Yeah, it all holds together. Yes. It is internally consistent. There's a lot of questions we don't have to ask because we can see how shit works. Uh huh. Which is the great marker of visual design that's doing its job. He really invites you to just fill in the blanks and just. And it sort of leaves the, the script a lot of room to like play a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing I do like about the kind of jumbled expositional approach is that not all of the exposition is functional, which leaves room for it to be fun. Yeah, and it is. Like it never really gets bogged down in its functionality to an extent that you stop enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's always a all, delight. All the functionality is represented visually on screen. Yeah. Of course, and and Gives I would expect that. nothing less because that is what he delights yeah. in. <laughs> yes. And I think that also as we watch through all these movies, there's a certain amount of structural familiarity. Yeah. That helps. Mm-hmm. Every Guillermo del Toro movie seems to have a big fight in the middle that kind of overshadows the big fight at the end. Right. Even Pan's Labyrinth has that. Right. There's sort of like... A, a, a post climax yes. of like but the second act is always where he he like sort of trots out the most discouraging element of the story yeah that that sort of pinch point <laughs> idea so he's, he's always like let's explode the orphanage or here's the pale man or yeah here's the elemental or like uh-huh he just does it over and over and over again right and it's i think it's because he likes a more character driven climax yes what it comes down to is characters being who they are he puts most of the spectacle in the middle and he Mm -hmm. uses it to discourage the characters and make things harder for them in the third act and then they have to make some kind of choice or sacrifice or something of that nature Uh over and over again yeah 
the 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 endings are always it, which is why um like, man, all even in back in the beginning with like Chronos, yeah. where you have this big stupid fight yes. with Ron Perlman. Yeah, but the real ending is him deciding not to be a vampire. Yep, exactly. <laughs> to the point where I don't even think that fight was necessary. No, it's a little bit silly. Yeah. It's a little bit dumb. Yeah, he was just making a movie. He got better at doing that thing. Exactly. Where you've got the big, big kaiju fight, but yep. the ending is making the choice to do what you have to do, even if you may have to sacrifice yourself. And ultimately, right. you know, it doesn't come to that, but they were prepared to. Right. And that was the choice. Right. And this is the same choice that lots of different Guillermo del Toro protagonists are confronted with at the end of the labyrinth. day. Yep, that's and the big one. Hellboy. Yeah. And everybody's doing yeah. it. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's great though. It's because yes. it's, it's, you know, he draws characters well enough that it's always impactful. Exactly. Because you believe in that choice and you mourn it too. Yeah. You yeah. know, it would have been really, really sad if Raleigh had died. Yeah. And I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't. But I'm proud of him for being willing to. Exactly. <laughs> That's what makes it meaningful still yes. at the end of the day. Yes. Uh, big robots are fun. Big robots are fun. I like them. Yes. They're enjoyable. <laughs> okay. I do want to touch a little bit on how in, in certain ways it feels really weirdly similar to Neon Genesis Evangelion, but in right. spirit is the complete opposite. Yes. Because, you know, I'm not super familiar with the mecha anime I'm super genre, not familiar. But I... You know, most of what I do know tends to be robots fighting robots, right. Gundam and all that. Right, robots fighting kaijus kind of. A... That's kind of unique. That's not as common, at yeah. least in what I've seen. So we've got a kitty here. He's being <laughs> a rambunctious wild child. Get out of here. Uh, Evangelion, though, is a prime example of big robot fight big scary monster from the right, beyond right and you know there's the kaiju cult that believe that the kaiju have been sent by god as punishment right, and yeah. that's a big theme in neon genesis evangelion they're called right. angels right each one is kind of this weird different thing but they are all the same kind of thing but I feel like the experience of piloting a mech, at least from what I know about Evangelion, is oh, way is like not positive. Oh, it's terrible. It's 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 just an existential horror to pilot an Ava, whereas piloting a Jaeger is like fulfillment. It's affirming. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. the opposite thematically. It's it, it becomes like one of those filmic ideas about how people can truly connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's like literally the opposite, the opposite. of Evangelion. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. I love Evangelion. Uh, so that's why I just kept noticing. I was like, this is exactly the same, except completely different. <laughs> <laughs> but he has to have seen it. Yeah, of course. He certainly watched 100%. it. 100%. And it's definitely an influence. Yeah. But I think that he's just more optimistic. Oh, yeah. No, Evangelion is a really, really tragic series. Yeah. And also, this is... <laughs> This is Guillermo del Toro's biggest budgeted movie by like a huge margin, like I was telling you before. Yeah. Like this it is shows. this is a hundred million dollars more expensive than Hellboy Two, mm -hmm. which was his most expensive film at the time. Which uh yeah, adds up. So it it had to be It had to be a pleaser. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I mean, it was very bankable. Like, yeah, one hundred percent for it, an original property. We were we were in full robot times. It this was, was all... a, this was back when Transformers films were still making money, right? And we had other robot films yeah, coming out. Absolutely, my own father made a robot movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was about killer robots. But robots were big around that time. They were. It was yeah. the thing. And like international co-production blockbusters were starting to become a huge thing. China. Yeah. This movie made most of its money in China. Again, I it adds up. Yep. That's I, the whole reason why the sequel exists. And it sure shows. It's very pro-China. Yeah. I think if we're going to talk about visual design, we should talk about how different this movie looks from the sequel. Yeah. Because like the this movie, all the fights are happening in rain, and there's a lot of like emphasis on like details, like peeling paint and it feels lived in. Yeah, and the sequel is really fun and really cool, but it feels more like a giant robot fighty movie. Just a little shinier. Yes, a and little. simpler and like sunnier. Yes, weirdly, because of yeah. course this is a deeply optimistic film. Yeah, but it's like the sequel is almost somewhat more cynical, if anything. Yeah. But the environments are much, like, shinier and cuter. Uh-huh. You get some, like, fun, sunny places. Yes. And it gets to be sexy. Yeah. It's sexy in a way this movie is not, not sexy. This is not a sexual film in any way at all, No ever. sexiness allowed in this movie. Like, Charlie Hunnam with his shirt off one time, but even that is kind of a different thing. It's not really about that. No. Whereas we've got a love triangle. Yeah. You know, John Boyega is there yeah. being very charming and cool. Yep. I think they should just be polyamorous. Yeah. You've got, like... Uh, Newt has his whole weird romantic thing with the, the oh, kaiju yeah. brain. He's all in love and with the kaiju brain. Sexual. It is weirdly sexual. <laughs> Alright, my cat's causing mischief. Uh, so very different vibes from this to the sequel. Extremely different vibe. But you know what? Guillermo is so... I've noticed he's actually pretty rarely in the realm of the sexual. And when he is, yeah. it's always something is wrong. Yes. When things get sexy, something's bad. The sexiest it ever gets is Hellboy and Liz. And yeah. their relationship is actually pretty it's, chaste. What I will say is this. I think that, that Guillermo is is not a hypersexual filmmaker at all. No. But he respects intimacy. Right. Well, and, it's, and when we see sex without intimacy, it's just about the worst thing ever. Uh-huh. And he just so rarely even goes there. And but it's like, funny Devil's because Devil's Backbone pretty messed up. Pretty messed up. We're going to see a messed up sex scene in in Shape of Water also. Right. But that I would say Shape of Water is also his sexiest movie. It yes, is but a, in a cute way. It is. It's cute. It's very and sweet. We'll talk about this at yes. the time, yes. but I think it's so weird that it developed kind of a reputation from maybe some more prudish minded or well people or, were just kind of weirded out by it they were just like it's the fish fucking movie and it's like no it's not that's so cu- they just like hug naked right that's all that it's cute right everything the actual happens sex off in the movie is like the the gross sex in the movie is like yeah bad it's heterosexual yeah. human on uh, human right sex. heteronormative white American sex that in the is missionary is, position that is what is horrifying in this <laughs> that's, movie that's toxic the actual like 
woman and fish man sex is like so cute it barely feels like sex on screen. Right. So all this is to say. Yes. His relationship to sexuality is actually kind of surprising. Yeah. Like he doesn't go there much. No. And when he does it's in the context of like pure intimacy or or something something is really messed up. Deeply, deeply wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. funny. And he does. He does enjoy romance. But yeah, like with Liz and Hellboy, they like never touch each other. Like, no. They get like one When they one do, it's kiss. like because they're like muttering in each other's ears. Yeah. So like the finally they kiss. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like the movie wherein she's carrying his child, they like never touch. touch. You, I did kind of wonder, like, when did they have sex? I know. It, you start, like, when, chasing a rabbit, when <laughs> so the, to yeah. speak, and you're like, hmm, not gonna. When when they erupt in flames at the end of the first Hellboy film, yeah. is that, like, how he impregnates her? Like, Yeah. Do the cats have to hide? <laughs> oh, no. Do they put them outside or something? Oh, no. I don't know. These are weird questions. Weird questions with point answers that I don't being, need. <laughs> point being, Pacific Rim is a very chaste film. Most of his movies are. Yes. Most of the time. Yeah. And, yeah, and I'm really looking forward to talking <laughs> about that in the context of The Shape of Water. Yeah, it'll be really fun. But first, we have to go to a real dark place. Yeah. But first, before For that, that, we got to do some fun, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Okay. So there was a lot, as as you we've just barely scratched the surface yes. of, there was so much pre-production work that went into this movie and its design and its concepts. Yeah. Approximately a hundred kaijus and a hundred Jaegers were designed. What? That's so many. There's like five of each in the film. Yes. Every week, the filmmakers held a vote for their favorites. <laughs> That's delightful. <laughs> yes. Uh... And so this is an interesting concept that they ended up dropping, and I mm-hmm. get why, but it's kind of neat. Um, according to Travis Beecham, the co-screenwriter, yes. uh, in an earlier version of the script, uh, Mako and Raleigh spoke English or Japanese and English respectively for the majority of the film. And then as they connect as pilots, they start to understand each other's languages and like okay. learn each other's languages from each other. Um, I like that that's not what they went with. It's kind of a neat concept, but it just wouldn't really work. I like that they decided to to foreground their connection by showing that he can speak Japanese. Right. And it's like, if she was like cared for since childhood by yeah. an English speaking person, why it would she not speak English? It would make sense for her English? not to speak English. Yeah. Yes. Um, and maybe that version of the script, that wasn't the case. Yeah. It's hard to say. 15 drafts. <laughs> right. Um, but it's, it's kind of a neat idea. Yeah. For a different story. Yeah. Uh... So we already talked about the um, the fist smashing building being yes. a miniature. Um, it was uh, 3D printed, a lot of it. That's so fun. Practical lighting, everything was scale, and then they just rammed through it <laughs> and then <laughs> digitally replaced it with Gypsy's fist. Uh, so they always intended the kaijus to be computer generated, but they designed them all with sort of the uh, a person in a suit in mind. Oh, that's fun. They like wanted it to like kind of work as a guy in a suit. That's fun. I like yeah. that. Yeah, like a like a traditional kaiju film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so apparently there was a life size version of the cockpit built on a soundstage at Pinewood Studios in Toronto. 
Uh, it weighed 20 tons and oh, was nearly geez. four stories high. So there's probably a lot of actual metal involved. Mm-hmm. It was built on like a big hydraulic thingy. Oh, and so, so it, it could, could like, like, move, like move around. around and shake and oh, rumble. Man. So they could do all that stuff. They could drop it and rock it and as if it was like they were actually piloting it. I love that they're wearing the actual suits too. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had like a smaller one for different kinds of movements nice. and stuff. Um, and they actually just redressed it. It was the same set for each for each one. One and that they just totally makes sense. Yeah, gave it different coats of paint, basically. Um. So, oh, this was an interesting thing. Um, related to what we talked about at the very beginning. Um, the term gypsy. Mm-hmm. Um, in Hungary, they have a significant uh Roma population. Right, and so they didn't mention the name of the main robot, Gypsy Danger, in the trailers in Hungary. Oh, um, probably a tactful move. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they do say it in the movie, but it's left in English, I guess. Oh. It's like there's a different term or okay. something. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. A little bit like um, Inglorious Bastards marketing in Leaving the, Germany. Leaving the... They couldn't have the swastika, the swastika on it. For yeah. legal reasons. Right, it's actually yeah. illegal. This, they were just like being sensitive. Being culturally sensitive, which I feel like if this movie was made now, that is probably one thing I would hope they wouldn't do. I think because like we know better that, now. That term being offensive has kind of taken a weirdly long time to reach mainstream knowledge. Yes, so. I had to recently inform someone of it and they yeah. were quite surprised. Yeah, that, that happens a lot. I think here especially... Because we right. don't have the biggest Roma population in We're America. We're pretty distant from yeah. that culture. Yeah. And it would make sense that Guillermo wouldn't necessarily be super aware of that. Yeah. I don't know. But at least it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Could have been. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so the kaiju roar noises, as you can imagine, were sort of comprised with like different layers of animal roars and growls that they filtered and like did stuff you know how they do to make monster roaring noises you know they did that with the dinosaurs in jurassic park and all that um but they wanted to add some like emotion and intelligence so um the sound editor and guillermo del toro added samples of their own voices to it oh that's fun (laughs) so guillermo got to do some more (laughs) <laughs> wacky voice acting for his That's movie. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they were apparently, they spent like weeks discussing the sort of physics of how giant characters would move through the world and like how air displacement oh, would affect like that's why the scale feels so good and realistic yes, because like they were considering like well with a jaeger moving between skyscrapers the windows would shake because right it's air displacement and like they were really meticulous about that's making good that for them yeah. they did a great job yes so here's one that i absolutely love and you probably knew this um the AI voice is Ellen McLean, who was oh, yeah. Gladys in Portal and Portal 2. Delightful. Um, Guillermo del Toro wanted this specifically because he's a very big fan of those oh, games. Oh, yeah, checks out. And so he's like, hey, Valve, can we, can I just have GLaDOS yes. in my movie? And they were like, yes, Guillermo del Toro, you can. <laughs> um he said in an interview, I wanted very much to have her because I'm a big Portal fan, but just as a wink. 
She's not cake obsessed. She's not out to destroy humanity. Uh, look, there's no AI I'd rather have than GLaDOS, but McLean's voice in the movie uh, has been modulated a bit to be less similar to the distinctive tone of Portal's unforgettable antagonist. They the, did a good job. Yes. it's There's used like a slightly different filter, but it's pretty unmistakable. Yes. Uh, which, yeah, at, at the time I was very excited because I'm quite a fan as well. Yeah. Um, and in kind of a funny way, um, she's sort of a friend of a friend. Right. You I told have me a, about I this. have a couple degrees of separation from her. Um, so I'm pretty cool. She's yeah. great. She's very talented, and I was very happy. Yeah. <laughs> that she was in this movie. Uh, so this was apparently. Del Toro and uh, the cinematographer Guillermo Navarro's first time using digital cameras. That checks out. There and were some scenes where I was like, frame rate is kind of funky. Yeah. Apparently Navarro bought seven red epic cameras specifically for the film and used his own lenses. He prefers to shoot with his own equipment. He doesn't like to rent. Fair enough. He just bought seven cameras. Fair enough. That's had I, re- to I respect expensive. that. That's it must have been really expensive. Yeah, I could kind of tell that it was a switch to digital mm-hmm. for the first time. And it makes sense. Especially Given that at there's that so moment. much CGI also. So much CGI. And like, at that moment. CGI with digital cinematography can sometimes look better, like it sticks out more on film. Yes, it like, does. That's one thing about the Hellboy films. I think why some of the CGI looks so wonky because they are shot on film and like. It looks different. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it made sense. And, you know, everything was switching over to digital yeah. around then, so. You could kind of feel the growing pains of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the lighting is delightful. It's really, really good. Um, so apparently one of the kaijus from the opening sequence was called Karloff. <laughs> um, and it was named after Boris Karloff. It was sort Naturally. of, it sort of resembles the <laughs> uh, Karloff as Imhotep in The Mummy. Oh, man. Um, yeah. I, so I would like. I didn't really catch it, but that's really cute. It does seem right. Uh huh. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. That's pretty funny. So apparently, Ron Perlman kept the shoes. <laughs> and this sounds wild. I would love to know the provenance of this mm-hmm. uh, quote. This information here. His wife had them melted down and converted into a pair of heels for herself. What? I don't know. What? I don't know. It's just very funny. I don't know if That's it's true. That's very funny. Yeah. Good for uh, her if so. <laughs> uh, so apparently the Jaeger design for Striker Eureka was originally going to be the main hero Jaeger of the movie. Oh. But then Guillermo thought it looked too sort of like arrogant in he was design co- he was correct it was a little too cold it yeah. didn't look friendly enough and so he's like no i want to use it but it can't be the main hero jaeger he made the right choice mm-hmm. uh this was the first of his movies since chronos that ron perlman played a human true that's weird yeah that's weird. Yeah. I was thinking it was nice to see him without all the makeup on. Just regular, well, not regular. Not at all, but. Just Ron. Yeah. Just Ron doing his yeah. thing. <laughs> I have a suspicion that I should mention in this episode. Hmm? I think I don't know enough about comics to really be saying this, but I think, at least in terms of the way he is used in the story, 
Benicio del Toro's character, the collector in Guardians of the Galaxy, feels mm-hmm. very, very inspired by Hannibal Chow. You know, you're right. Like they show up in the same part of the movie. They got the same kind of vibe, vibe. a similar look. And they both seem to die, but then turn out to be alive at the end of the film. That's so funny. And those movies came out within a year of each other. And I remember watching Guardians of the Galaxy and being like, this is extremely familiar, this part. (laughs) That's really weird. I hadn't made that connection, but you're right that there is a striking similarity. Yep. Between those two characters. Hmm. I have no idea what that's about, if anything. Mm-hmm. It has just always intrigued me. That It's a thing. <laughs> uh, so apparently, they basically just had one Hong Kong set that they just like destroyed and redressed like four <laughs> times. Like It was four different street that's sets, and it delightful. was just Hong Kong in different ways. They're just like changing it around like Legos or something. Good for them. Yeah. Okay, so... We can sort of extrapolate how much younger Mako is than Stacker. Yes. Because he's like fully an adult and she's like a teeny little girl. Yes. But in real life, um, the actress uh, Rinko Kikuchi is only eight years younger than Idris Elba. Checks out. Yeah. It's funny. We usually don't see it gender wise going in that direction. Yeah. Usually it's women who are playing much older than they are in real life. Yeah. I don't know how old either of them is, but I will say that like it is definitely a thing that Asian women tend to look younger. Get cast as younger than they are. Yeah. 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 That is a thing. Truthfully. It is definitely a thing. But also Idris Elba has always looked like he could be in his 40s. He could be any age at all. Yeah. (laughs) that's the thing that's the thing i remember watching prometheus recently and thinking whoa he looks young and this Mm -hmm. movie only came out a year later and he looks like 10 years older in this than he did in that and i think it's just the way he carries himself and the haircut and the mustache the mustache is a it really makes a big difference but just his demeanor and the way he dresses also like (laughs) makes a big difference yeah and then like there's other things that are more recent where i feel like he seems younger Sure. Than in any of it. But then in like Luther, he's like so grisly. He seems like he's older. Yeah. 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 yeah, He's just, he's he's a good actor. Yes. (laughs) That's what he is. Yes. I was thinking though, Raleigh would have to be somewhat older than Mako also. Yeah. By some like large degree. Yeah. Unclear. Yeah. But definitely. Yeah. Significant. But I also think it's significant that this movie is about people who are like fixing the world that was ruined when they were children. Yeah. Yeah. Raleigh was 15. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like the new generation solving all the problems. That they gotta save the world. Yeah. 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 It's a thing. It's absolutely a thing. Uh, So the intersection that Newt is sent to to find... Hannibal Chow, Tull Street, and Fong Street. Uh, Thomas Tull is the president of Legendary Pictures. Uh Uh-huh. And Henry Fong is one of the concept artists. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's just fun. I sort of knew that those weren't real streets. I was like, those are people's names. Right. (laughs) Uh, The movie was dedicated to the memory of Monster, Monster Masters, Ray Harryhausen, oh. uh, of I know stop who that motion is. Yeah. fame. Yes, if you know anything about old 
like uh, genre Jason and the Argonauts Jason, and Clash yeah. of the Titans and all Voyages those things. Voyages in that, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Ishiro Honda, director of Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty... Amazing. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so the movie uh, Hannibal... The, the, the name Hannibal Chow is explained in the movie, but yes. in Blade Runner... James Hong's character is named Hannibal Chu. Probably a reference. And Blade Runner is definitely something that's been an inspiration yeah. for Guillermo del Toro. So yeah. that's probably a nod to Blade Runner. Yes. All right. Last. Lastly. Yeah. I've got some alternate <gasps> castings for you. I was hoping. Only a couple. Okay. But for the role of Hercules Hansen... Stellan Skarsgård was considered. <laughs> Extremely different vibe. Would they have just been Swedish? I guess. I mean, the name Hansen is oh, fair enough. Swedish. Fair enough. Yeah. That would so, have been. That would have been cute. It would have been a little strange. super different. Yeah. Because like, he would have had a squishier vibe. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like this guy is like major hunk vibes. Like, yeah, and like. He can play a dad. But he's like a hot dad. He's yeah. a sexy dad. Stellan Skarsgård has never been a sexy dad. No. He's a, he's a He's cute. He's cute. He's sweet. He's fatherly. But again, he would have been like again squishier. Like mm -hmm. a little little over the hill. A little bit. You would have been were. wondering like he's still in 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 the in the Jaeger? Yeah, it would have been interesting. Would would they have gotten one of his actual sons to play his son in that case? <laughs> just get Alexander in there just to make it real weird. Would have been a very different vibe. Yes. Uh. Okay. Lastly. Yes. Considered for the role of Stacker Pentecost. Oh, oh. Tom Cruise. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. That would have been very weird and different. Very. Different. I will say around the same time he was in that film Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, where he was in a, a mech it was of like some a, kind. Well, he he was yeah, it was like it's a mech suit, suit thingy. Yeah, it's and not I, on the scale of a Jaeger, but I really quite enjoyed that movie. I enjoyed that movie too. It was it, good. It like reminded me that Tom Cruise was good. He can be good in movies. He's as good as any movie he's in is. Yes. He meets movies exactly yes. where they are. Yeah, and he's good in sci-fi reliably. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, I'll say he can sell a concept. He can sell a concept for sure. I wonder He though, always acts like he's really there. Sometimes that makes the movie worse, mm -hmm. but like... Uh, yeah, I, f I feel that Tom Cruise meets a movie exactly where it's at. But I just I, don't think he would have been good in such a fatherly role. No. And I think that here's the thing. Elba elevated this movie. That's the thing. I don't I think, think the, Cruz could. The role as written needed somebody to come in and deliver those lines with a huge degree of panache that's like added. And like I don't on, think on Cruz the, has that. On the page, he's not the best part of the movie, right? Like mm -hmm. it's because of his performance. And I agree, like, Tom Cruise can can do whatever's on the page, mm -hmm. and it'll come out like it was on the page. Mm-hmm. Which is competency. Yes. He's an extremely competent actor. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the thing about Edge of Tomorrow is that, like, he was good at convincingly piloting a mech 
thing, mm-hmm. which I guess those were practical to some degree. Oh, gosh, it's been forever. I haven't seen like, it like since then. But yeah. Stacker only gets to do that in one scene. Right. He mostly just marches around in a uniform. And that was the thing. No I was like, people. I think that that one i can't imagine him being fatherly because his his age versus his appearance is kind of an unnatural thing now for tom cruise right like he plays kind of a weird dad in war of the worlds yeah it's just unusual and that's like a dad to an actual small child right but he's like an awkward dad who doesn't know how to dad right and that makes sense to me yes but like a strict I'm a only trying father. to protect you, Dad. Doesn't make sense. No, I can't. He doesn't see have it. the gravitas. No, he doesn't. And also imagine casting someone so action oriented in a role that mostly involves standing around. Telling people no. Exactly. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked. No, Elba has the He was the right choice. Yeah. He can just stand around and make you feel like he isn't just standing around. He feels very important. Yes. <laughs> so I think I think they made the right choice in both Cats. Oh, clearly. <laughs> but Starsguard would have been interesting. He would have been cute. Yeah, it would have been a real different vibe. Yeah. So, the next... Next time, it's your favorite My one. favorite. Now, I will say this. I really like The Shape of Water, and I've seen it much fewer times. Uh-huh, so, yeah. it's a contender. But I... Crimson Peak is 1,000% my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I deeply love this movie and everything that it is. Yeah. Heart and soul. I feel like both of these are the ones that I've been most excited for, these last two remaining ones. Just waiting for them. Just because, like, I've been getting really into gothic shit Mm -hmm. this year, and Crimson Peak is, like, the pinnacle of that in recent film absolutely like nothing else and shape of water is maybe almost my thing as much as crimson peak is your thing Mm -hmm. because like jean-pierre junet literally went after them for plagiarism (laughs) (laughs) yeah so of course i was gonna fall for it completely yes yes so (laughs) This is. I'm just like in, in heaven from this point on. It's right? gonna be really a good time. Get yes. ready. I think. I think it's gonna be a long one a, next time. Yeah. I'll try to do my best to be deliberate and concise. At least but I, you are extremely familiar with Crimson Peak. I am so familiar with Crimson Peak. But also, like, you literally have the art book that has so much text in it. I could talk forever about this movie, so (laughs) I need to deliberately not do that. Yeah. But it's going to be good, y'all. Yeah, it's going to be juicy. If you missed this one, you really missed it. You gotta. The marketing was all wrong. True. It was. Yes. Yes. Utter mistake. If If you need an excuse to revisit crimson peak or watch it for the first time please this do is the so. excuse do so pronto it's oh a delightful film god it's spooky we're gonna it's sexy it's freaky that actually that's a sexy guillermo del toro it's film. pretty sexy yeah. i mean it's got some it's messed, messed up, up but it, but it also has a sex scene that's actually quite sexy right that's good and positive and sexy and also it's like super gory uh, and, and feminist yeah, as shit. Yeah. We're getting into it. And there's like ghosts too. Also ghosts. But there's so much that's wild and good about it that you almost forget about the damn ghosts. 
but we can't talk about it now. Yes. You had to wait. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm super stoked, y'all. Yeah. Go watch the movie. I love you. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Film Broads. Please rate and subscribe wherever you like to listen, and find us on Twitter at Film Broads Pod.